0: International
1: Assalamu alaikum, my brothers and sisters. Hello. My name is Benjamin C. Charlock, uh, Esquire. I am uh, Grand Mufti of the uh, uh, of the uh, Academy of Princeton uh, in Princeton, Al, New Jersey. Uh, and uh, across from me is uh, my friend, co-host, student, and blithering idiot. Pat Dean, say hello, Pat. Hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Quite a lofty title you've given yourself. Yeah, I'm the Grand Mufti of Princeton. I mean, I I don't get what it is, but it sounds very impressive. It's like you think of like all the Muftis, <laughs> I'm their boss. Oh, okay. I'm the Grand Mufti. Oh, that ex- so <laughs> yeah. Grand Mufti. Yeah, El Grand Mufti. Okay, yeah. heard. No, that makes a lot more sense. Um, this uh, folks, uh, in case you didn't know, you've stumbled onto episode 100 oh, and 61 of I Learn Nothing, a philosophy podcast. Uh, for uh, degenerates, uh, heathens, uh, the unworthy, the unwashed. Yeah, the unwashed and the (laughs) unwashed. The the unwashed masses. Uh, It's a philosophy podcast for uh, curious idiots who want to uh, learn a little something about a little something.
2: If you're an idiot, but you never thought to yourself, why? Yeah. Then this is a podcast for you. Folks,
1: are you you disappointed or uh, just, you know, your idiot status isn't enough these days? Well, dummy... (laughs) Welcome. Come and learn something.
2: Come on and come on, saddle up to the fire, you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, and le- we'll learn you something.
1: Belly yourself up to this bar, you guys. We'll teach you something good. We'll teach you something good.
2: <laughs> something good, <laughs> some, and spicy. Some good, spicy filling. <laughs> ben, you majored in philosophy at Princeton University. I did. Good yes. for you.
1: Um, which is the only. Which, Believe it or not, is the only university in the entire world. The only, it's, well, yeah, it's the only
2: one left. <laughs> it's pretty much just down to that.
1: Yeah, clearly, by the time we uh, we release this episode, all, all
2: hell, of all loose. major
1: centers of higher learning will have been nuked. Yeah, <laughs> except for because Princeton's the only university that has nukes. Do you know that? <laughs> God,
2: what? How weird would that be if if it's if there was like a like a an academic war, an actual an academic
1: war? war? That'd be kind of fucking. That's like that's like a cool premise for like uh for like a. Like a dystopian, when all like the, alternate like, history yeah. like thing. Yeah, like all the major powers are actually like academies and like hmm. institutions of higher learning.
2: Well, I feel like it used to be like that way in, in the old
1: world in Europe. I mean, kind of.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but we said, we said, F that. F that. <laughs> nation states. Yeah. We're all about money. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we are. Yeah. It used to be nation states and now it's just corporations. <laughs> we just belong to corporations now. Yeah. Yeah, there are no there are no like 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 look at the United States government. It does nothing. The, yeah, it, it does not do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hilarious job to have. I would love because dude, it doesn't dude, do anything work, except like kill people.
2: <laughs> working in the service industry, if I got as much done as Texas Republicans get done every year, uh-huh. Um I I I would probably what refill the ranches. <laughs> And that's all I would do.
1: That's all you do. Yeah. That's all that's, I would do. I think that's all they do too. Next, I think all, I think literally all they do is refill like little cups of ranch. That'd be the extent, <laughs> and then I would just sit there for the next 8 hours. No, I did my part. That would be I bet like that someone has to has to have introduced that bill on the on <laughs> The Texas the get your own
2: ranch bill
1: yeah or yeah yeah should, yeah, sure should, should ranch be like state subsidized should or it should be it include, be privately privately sourced should it be included
2: in the bill or should you pay extra for ranch that's going to be the, the newest <laughs> yeah that'll little,
1: be like the one thing that that like they'll the get bill. done. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bill on the bill and and, they're, and
2: instead of voting yay or nay, they vote nay or hell yeah,
1: hell yeah, hell yeah, ranch. <laughs> yeah,
2: they love they love ranch here. There is nothing that this state loves more than ranch dressing and guns and guns and apple soda.
1: They're fans. Apple soda. Don't think they're not Ben. That well, that's weird because I've I've lived here for 13 years and I never really like noticed this apple soda craze. Well,
2: it's because you're sort of like an elitist. <laughs> And you look <laughs> your, da- your down your nose on the pe- on the fair people of Texas. You always have. No, you always I haven't. Know. Constantly. <laughs> well, a little. <laughs> like sometimes, like Ben and I will go out sometimes. And like, well, well, it just
1: sucks that most like eh, the majority of people who live here are stupid. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's, like, that's just stuff like, like just, that. Just, just like if you took a like, think about it. You asked mm-hmm. everybody if you asked like everybody who currently lives in the state of Texas if they believe in evolution or not. Most of them are going to say no. I bet. You think so? Well, an alarming amount, an alarming plurality will say no. Like, I, like probably like forty, forty or forty-five percent. Well, let's go ask everyone. Everyone in the state of Texas? How many? Let's get to People are work. in Texas now.
2: How many people? Uh, seventeen billion. No, <laughs> and that's just in Austin. <laughs> seventeen. There is seventeen billion people so live here. So you
1: are saying that? <laughs> you are saying that the city of Austin, Texas, yeah, uh, currently houses almost 200% of the global population. We've installed a lot of bunk beds. Oh, oh, okay, that's what that's how it works.
2: Well, the thing that I read actually is that you could apparently just take the world's population and just fill it in Texas.
1: I've heard that too. I don't know how accurate that is i mean like it might be i think technically you can but it would be well because like, horrible you, experience well, well, like have you looked at have you looked at a picture of like the of like the world at night like a satellite image of the world at night uh yeah and you see like where where all the all, like all the lights are basically like yeah. all the major like urban centers where have all the cowboys like, gone what's that <laughs> where have all the cowboys gone yeah no but i mean <laughs> if you look night. like area wise the stuff the, that that area the, the part that's just lights it's austin it's just austin there's 17 right?
2: <laughs> billion people here now yeah.
1: no but it's like it looks like maybe no more than like five ten percent of like the landmass, the total landmass hmm. of earth
2: i'll have to i'll look at like if you look at the united tonight. states
1: it's just like the east coast and the west coast a bit of a bit of texas and like what bad like calls sporadic chunks in like the southeast and the midwest with chicago and stuff and then like you have like Fifteen states in the middle, like in the in out west, there's, like nobody. Right. Nobody. You know how many people live in Idaho? I think zero. Like three. It's abandoned. <laughs> it's abandoned.
2: <laughs> when you go to Idaho, there's just like tumbleweeds yeah. going past and like there's there there's like mountain lions and shit. Yeah. They've taken over. Idaho. or you can what? only
1: see you see human beings or, or figures that look like humanoid like in your periphery. Oh, no. But then when you look, they They're... they, 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 no, they no! disappear. Son they of disappear. A Let's get the
2: fuck out of here. How scary would that be? I'd be really weirded out, <laughs> and I would leave, and I wouldn't tell anyone. I'd be so scared. Let's get the fuck out of I'd be Like I can't summon like the shadow people. Yeah, by, the like, shadow. By people. telling anyone about it, so I'm just not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm just going to go to my grave, being like that was really, really scary. But yeah. I'm free now.
1: And like every time, every time you like, uh, you kind of like notice l- like a figure like in your periphery. You also kind of hear. Uh you, you hear like in your memory the screech of an eagle, but like it sounds the way it would in a dream. Like oh, not no. like you're actually hearing it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> this this does not bode this the, well. This is the creepiest description of Idaho. Yeah, that doesn't bode well for their their a, a Screech of a dream eagle.
1: A screech of a dream eagle. <laughs>
2: like an eagle from a dream.
1: Like an eagle Idaho. from a dream. Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> the screech of an eagle from a dream. <laughs> That would be so tight.
2: That's such a tight motto. Idaho. Possibly ruled by an eldritch entity. <laughs> yeah. Visit
1: Idaho. Yeah, home of Neralathlete. <laughs>
2: the crimson chaos is beautiful this time of year. Yeah. Come to Idaho.
1: Um, well, Pat, before we get to our topic, how the fuck are you? i'm fine yeah he's asking <laughs> i was Yeah, i'm fine don't yeah. worry don't worry about that and our listeners on bated breath they're don't, wondering
2: don't ever fucking worry about me okay <laughs> just just handle your own shit how about that fine how are you
1: i'm good good i'm like <laughs> kind of uncomfortably full because I, I ate a big Mexican dinner before I came down here and then I just ate more candy while I was working on the outline for Yeah, the you, you gorged on uh <laughs> Jolly Rancher, Bites. gummy things, yeah. Uh-huh.
2: An entire Butterfingers bar and a thing of iced tea. Yeah. With with don't think I forgot about those Kit Kats you got for the ride home.
1: <laughs> yeah, you noticed. You looked at my bag. Ben's
2: ready. dude. I'll say this about you: you're fucking ready
1: at all times. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a it's been a nice couple of months. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's been pretty interesting. But like,
1: I've gained like ten pounds. Cause... Well,
2: yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah,
1: I've stopped drinking, so now happens, I'm just like yeah. eating shit tons of candy. When you stop
2: drinking, you're like, well, okay. <laughs> So, so like, I'm healthy enough to know that I can't do this anymore, uh, but I'm unhealthy enough that I have to replace it. I have to replace these
1: calories with, with something, something new. arguably equally as bad. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Sugar, 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 sugar.
2: Yeah, that's what's going to kill
1: us. Yeah, probably. Yeah, the sugar. Yeah.
2: The sugar's coming for our blood.
1: The sugar's been coming for all of our blood. There's sugar in the blood. Yeah, that's... that's pat's tombstone the, yeah there's that's sugar in the blood yeah
2: here lies Pat Dean. there's sugar in the blood <laughs> i was thinking that could be the new motto for los estados unidos there's
1: sugar in the blood yeah yeah instead of e pluribus unum there's sugar in the blood what would be oh so but how to do be you say a, that in espanol uh hay azúcar in in la sangre creepy yeah um but then what would it be in latin i don't know what to say i don't know how to say sugar in latin I don't. Well, no. I don't think there's. You know, what's weird? I don't think there's a word for sugar in Latin.
2: What those no sugar
1: having sons of bitches? Because sugar wasn't uh, like um like discovered until I think the New World. What? Yeah, I don't think like like sugar cane is. I think indigenous to the New World. Sugar. So like Europe didn't have sugar. Oh, until,
2: honey, honey.
1: Well, that's the thing. No, so they had honey. What that's what that, that's what they would use. To, yeah, you were my candy girl. Yeah. They had, yeah, they had sugar, honey, and candy and girls. Candy girls. <laughs> Which is what they called witches. <laughs> they burned them. Girls, yeah. <laughs> candy girls. <laughs> oh,
2: sugar. Da, 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 da. Oh,
1: honey, honey. honey. Da, 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 da. Just burning
2: to death. Just burning, yeah. <laughs> um, so they just used honey back in the day? For yeah, I think everything? they just had honey. Honey's not tight.
1: I think, and I think maybe because you can also make, like, well, actually, huh you because you can make a type of sugar from beets too like beet sugar what yeah you can do that and it's like it's, but should you people have done it in the past it tastes I, I'm I think it tastes pretty much exactly like sugar oh like regular like sugar from sugarcane I take it back yeah
2: I take it all back <laughs> then I've been wrong about a lot of things in my life but Isn't and' took this beet sugar thing for, for me to realize that
1: before like 1500 or so Europe didn't have sugar it didn't have tomatoes it didn't have potatoes uh and it didn't have like half the things that come in like Italian cuisine. How is this possible? F- potatoes indigenous to South America, tomatoes also ind- indigenous to Mexico. Like tomatoes did not exist in European cuisines until the Spanish took over Mexico. Wow, isn't that crazy?
2: Do you want to know what the uh the first Italian guy to cook with uh tomato? Uh they haven't quoted let me guess. Oh! oh! Yeah. That's when they started talking like that. Before that... Oh, before, is this a fruit or is it a vegetable? Whoa! Before the tomato was introduced to Italian uh, cuisine, they spoke, like, way differently. Yeah. They were a lot more calm. Yeah. Right. And they were always on time.
1: Yeah, and they never used their hands. Huh? Never. <laughs> no, they just... <laughs> t- tomato, tomato stuffing and talking pieces of shit. There's
2: not a country on this planet that disrespects the concept of time more than Italy they, they disrespect the god yeah. of time the god, and of, the time. god of time Chronos. is the only god that's undefeated besides death yeah death <laughs> and time death and time and at Italy mocks both <laughs> <laughs> yeah true
1: <laughs> yeah sugar itself is a uh, it's a word from Arabic that's oh, yeah? actually where we get that word yeah
2: what do you know what the word is
1: I think it's like al Sucre or something like that huh yeah because azúcar Asucar is is spanish too and they got it from the arabs when the moops uh took over spain oh of course the moops. the moops of yeah of course
2: <laughs> bubble boy son of a bitch uh Okay, hold on. So, what are we learning about exactly? This, but this is a podcast ostensibly about philosophy. It's
1: ostensibly about philosophy. Yeah. In case you can't guess.
2: But so far, we've talked about the Italians war, the, the war that the Italians were the Italians on, on, on death and
1: time, death and time. How Europe didn't have sugar. Um, what, what would happen if the world was run by nuke wielding universities? It's a terrible podcast. It's just a bad podcast. When you actually like figure exactly. out what we discuss, it's just bad. <laughs> Well, um, okay, so the topic. Speaking of Arabic, we're going a little bit outside the realm of uh, our normal topics. Oh, okay. We, 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 unfortunately, uh, Western philosophy is exactly that. Western philosophy is a bunch of dead white guys. Yes. Um, so instead, today, uh, we're going to talk about a we're, bunch of uh, dead Middle Eastern guys. <laughs> today we're doing uh, Islamic philosophy. And that's
2: the, people <laughs> listen to our podcast for two
1: things what the friendship
2: and <laughs> the banter the and the dead white guys so i'm gonna have really have to say
1: just be glad there aren't any women in these because because oh, well, remember God. it's the middle east so there's if you thought there were no women in <laughs> in, in western philosophy
2: <laughs> yeah huh. no
1: you know what's weird is actually there are a couple of like during the islamic golden age there was like quite a few uh female uh like sufi mystics um so I wouldn't really like categorize them as like philosophy philosophy but they did a lot of writing and um, magic? No, I wouldn't say magic. It's like mis- more mysticism and like oh, okay. religious thinking and huh. theology and stuff. Interesting. Yeah. What's also weird is that the Islamic world was like much more of a party than it is today like yeah back in the day yeah they were having a blast and they were like doing kind of cool shit like even though like technically alcohol is like haram in islam yeah um people would still drink wine like all the time back in the day especially if they were rich well wine (laughs) they just didn't give a shit they're like just
2: wine has just been such a like a ubiquitous thing like people have just re, human beings really like wine dude
1: yeah we're fans it's been for around for so long we've been like found wine and get around
2: that for forever same thing in judaism they drink you know wine and shit yeah but it's i don't think it's really used religiously. So it's more like
1: <laughs> grape juice that gets you drunk yeah i mean <laughs> what's
2: cooler than that
1: jewish wine is barely wine who doesn't like grape juice it's like kool-aid it's like spiked kool-aid that's basically what it is huh. <laughs> it just
2: rots your. rots it's crazy teeth, to think man. about like like so hold on so there's like this is going to sound insane, and this is just going to sound, especially out of context, but when it's inevitably taken out of context, are there Jewish vineyards? Um, <clears throat> What's the deal? Oh, well, I, I'm, I, I'm sure there has to be. There has to be, but you never um, hear about yeah. it. Yeah, like, well, and, and also... In the, like, Sonoma Valley or whatever?
1: Oh, yeah, well, well, yeah, now I bet, like, there's a ton. Like, I bet there's a ton of, like, California vineyards that were just bought by some Jewish family. That's not rich what enough. I mean. I mean, like... You mean like traditionally Jewish? Yes,
2: that like make Jewish wine.
1: I don't know about vineyards, the way that you'd think about like Italian or French That's what like I'm thinking of. Vineyards, like really like... That would rule. I, like idyllic, you know, beautiful, you know, rolling hills of grapevines and shit. It's I would, 78 degrees. I would say no. Not, I mean, like definitely not in the day. Probably one or two. Oh, maybe there might be a few in Israel. Actually, I think there are some in Israel. Really? The, the, there might be like a vineyard or two in Israel.
2: Well, let's sample them. Okay. Let's go.
1: We can try, we'll try some Israeli wine. <laughs> some Israeli wine. But I mean, like, also think about wine. Like, almost everybody has wine. Everyone does. That's At what least what in saying. that area of the world.
2: But, like, everywhere. People really...
1: I mean, everywhere, everywhere. The Americas didn't really have wine. No? I mean, like, wh- wine cultivation didn't really start until Europeans got here.
2: Do you know that whiskey didn't get to Mexico until, like, the 1900s? Uh, is that
1: wild? I mean, that's not that surprising.
2: I think it is. Well,
1: considering that, like, well, think of who colonized Mexico. It's the Spanish. The Spanish don't have whiskey. I know. They're they're another wine people. But it just seems like well, Mexico just... had their own thing going. They've got fucking tequila. Yeah. <laughs> like if there are any two, if there are any two liquors that would like fight, like a Dragon Ball Z fight, it would be whiskey and tequila. Yeah,
2: they are fans of the agave plant.
1: <clears throat> yeah. And pulque. Have you ever, you know what pulque is? Pardon me. You know what pulque is? uh i'm uh, no but i have a feeling i'm about to find out <laughs> shit is kind of gross what is it it's basically like a it's, worm no it's like it's a like a it's like a low um uh what's it called uh, uh like low alcohol content beverage that the aztecs used to drink that was basically made from like like discarded like corn like whatever like uh, like fermented corn overlap or whatever um like fermented corn well like you know uh what's it called excess corn that they had that they didn't use to make their staple foods the same way that the barley was turned into beer it's basically like the excess stuff that wasn't used that was just like left out to ferment that's how you that's how beer was discovered yeah so like sort of the same deal in mexico or like you know in the with the aztecs their main crop was corn and when they'd like produce too much corn and they had this left over, they'd let it ferment and it would kind of turn into it could turn into pulque, what's called pulque, which is basically kind of like a corn beer. Um, but the way that they would like activate and like speed up the fermentation process is they take wads of this stuff and like chew it and then spit it out oh <laughs> into these into, these into these like spittoons of like, you know, uh, or, uh, or, uh, uh, what's it called? Like cisterns, or so, or something.
2: I mean, that's addict behavior.
1: Kind of, and they just like, let, but the to saliva, the up. enzymes in the saliva, speed up the fermentation process. Right, and but... then they just take ladles of it and they pour it into cups, just hand it out, and that's what people are drinking. It's like corn beer and spit.
2: <laughs> Human beings, like we've we been getting, we'll fucked do so up? many
1: things that got fucked up for
2: so long, for so much of our history.
1: The Mongols drank fucking uh, uh, fermented horse milk. Why not? Like rotten horse milk.
2: Well, they could fuck you up.
1: Yeah, it fucks I you bet. up. They'd get drunk. They'd get drunk as fuck and conquer like all of Asia. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, th- yeah
2: th- but say what you want about those fuckers. They probably had some stories. Yeah, I'm sure they had some stories. It must have been interesting to sit around the fire with those guys, have a few cups of fucking fermented horse milk or whatever. I would be
1: so fucking scared. They would get, probably like one of them would get fucked up and take offense to something i said that i wasn't even aware didn't even intend yeah. to be offensive yeah or would. for literally no reason and they'll just shoot like five or six arrows into my fucking chest. maybe
2: well i don't know you're you're affable
1: <laughs>
2: you think i could win over a, a <laughs> I mongol think you, horde I think they'd eventually <laughs> warm to you as long as you don't say anything too dumb <laughs> If you just hang out and like kind of, you know, play your position and just laugh when they laugh. (laughs) Try not to say
1: something stupid like, hey, why y'all look Chinese?
2: So... (laughs) Um, so y'all are Chinese. <laughs> it's just, there's a law in the conversation three hours in. And that's what you say in that accent. Like, so,
1: y'all are so y'all are
2: Chinese. y'all are Chinese. We didn't really know that. I didn't even know. I didn't know. I didn't know that y'all well, were Chinese. bless your heart.
1: <laughs> okay. We gotta get into this topic, man. So...
2: Speaking of... Just your Texan mind is
1: blown. <laughs> See, y'all... Are, are you Chinese or are you not Chinese? What a
2: question. Hey, real quick. This is the most ignorant, bumpkin-ass
1: question. Guys, I've had a lot of fun tonight, but real quick. Are you guys Chinese? You guys Chinese? Genghis Khan is like, we will be. Yeah. <laughs> we will yeah. be in a couple in a couple generations. Yeah. Um, we're going to take over the fuck out of that fucking empire. Um, all right, so we're talking about Islamic philosophy. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, in case you weren't aware, uh, back when (laughs) Europeans were literally eating shit after uh, after the fall of the Roman Empire, um, this guy named Muhammad came out of uh, a region of the world that also at the time was sort of eating shit um camel shit in this case um <laughs> why is everyone eating shit it's,
2: it's in the, your mind it's everyone the, back then was just eating shit because it's the past and it's, the past fucking sucks dude. <laughs> the, past is, the past is dirty and stupid dirty and stupid so <laughs> they they and they eat shit ben <laughs> show
1: well not so that's the thing so the the, the past isn't always dirty and stupid uh, these guys had a really good run of making the past, like, kind of tight. Um, so, this guy, Muhammad. <laughs> hey, real quick. uh uh-huh. How, this is going
2: to, well, this is probably going to make me sound like an idiot. How soon after the fall of Rome did Islam start, you know?
1: Um, oh, that's a good question. So, I mean, if you want to say, what's um what's 610 minus 476?
2: Six ten minus four seventy six is one hundred and thirty five. I think, or
1: uh, one hundred and thirty four. No, one hundred. Yeah, one hundred and thirty four years. Okay. So one hundred thirty four years after the fall of, after the fall of Rome, Muhammad got his first um, revelation. So
2: is that considered like in the aftermath? What do you mean? Like, well, could you say that in the app? Well, no, because the two well, really aren't related, I guess. No, thereby.
1: yeah, no, because and also like Arabia. So, so okay, so yeah, let's get into this post-Roman world. Muhammad was born in Mecca, um, which was is in now now Saudi Arabia, but at the time was basically. Um, this our is our business crazy.
2: partners, the Saudi Arabia, the Saudis.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. shout out.
2: Your we shout are out sponsored to, to
1: the Saudi government. Our sponsors, the Saudi government.
2: <laughs> we've been sponsored by um, uh, the Kingdom
1: of Saudi Arabia.
2: <laughs> so far, we've been uh, sponsored by Kyrgyz, uh the 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 shoe uh, f- uh, friends. Yeah. We've been sponsored by a now defunct business involving organizing your rooms, and of course. The Saudi government.
1: The Saudi government, yeah. Yeah,
2: those have been our sponsors
1: over <laughs> the years. Those our yeah, our sponsors over the years. Um, so yeah, so Muhammad was born in, uh, in Mecca in 570, and uh, Mecca at the time was part of, this is kind of insane to say, uh, but this is a period of time back when... Um, Certain entire regions of the world were just literally in anarchy. There was no, there was no governing body whatsoever. And Arabia no. around this time was one of those places. It was like inhabited most, there was like a few cities. So like Mecca, um, Medina, which back at uh, back in the day um, was called Yathrib, I think. And then you Whoa. have, yeah. And then you have like, I think you Yathrib? have Yathrib? Like Yathrib, yeah. That's, what, that's the original. They should have just
2: kept it Yathrib.
1: Medina well yeah yeah okay Medina's a nice very cool um, yeah Yathrib yeah. Yathrib I think it's Yathrib I'm from a, I'm
2: a little town called Yathrib, maybe yeah. you've heard it's of it. It's in Saudi
1: Arabia. <laughs>
2: Yathrib. Well now Saudi it's Arabia. called Medina.
1: Um, oh, whatever. But uh, but yeah, so like there are all these towns like that. There's, like I think like the t- there's a coastal town called Jeddah, which is like right on the coast of Saudi Arabia now. Um, but this region is called the Hejaz, which is um, basically like the coastline on that side of um, of the Red Sea uh and that and like the desert interior like the, the middle of of saudi arabia now or just arabia then was just fucking desolate desert um and it was inhabited by just bedouins basically And no one's in charge and no one is in charge i mean they're like clans so like everything was like the the closest thing to like a, a governing body in this society were the different clans and tribes Right, and so it was all very hierarchical and like based on kinship. Like there was no such thing as like a king. They didn't have a king. They didn't have queens. They no didn't cops. have no cops. How do
2: you how do you feel? Fucking about this, justice then?
1: was meted out by like, did you kill my brother? All right, I get to kill your brother. But let me ask <laughs> like eye thing. for an eye shit. Like very very straightforward.
2: And are you saying that we should go back to this?
1: No. no, no, it's See, it's, trap it's brutal, it's painful, it's traumatizing. People are dying left and right. There's like non stop slavery and oppression. No, can't be. Um, a good time. If you're not starving to death or completely dehydrated because you can't find water in time, yikes. <laughs> if you like, don't even think about being an orphan, you're fucked. <laughs> oh yeah if you're an orphan then you're fucked some of them some some people would some tribes would just like if they had like a like you know one of the families in the tribe or the clan like if the parents died and they had just like an orphan that didn't have any sort of like a little next ben. of kin they would just
2: leave them in the desert see
1: ya later <laughs> sorry just dude leave. yeah
2: sorry dude it's the ancient world <laughs> yeah they walk away
1: <laughs> sorry it sucks don't worry i have syphilis i think (laughs) my nose is we still have leprosy so you know we
2: think 35 is like an old man
1: (laughs) yeah so not awesome (laughs) it's not tight um and uh so this guy muhammad he's this guy who uh he's a very nice sensitive boy actually and he sees what's going on around him in the society and he's like this sucks this fucking sucks yeah So he goes to – so real quick, I'm going to start with just, like, overall theology of Islam, and then we're going to get into the philosophical stuff. Um, But so right now, you know, Muhammad goes into these, like – he goes in these spiritual retreats uh, in these, like, caves. This place has so many caves. (laughs) So he'll hide in a cave, and he'll, like, sit there and, like, fast for, like, days and just, like, think about shit and meditate. Wow. And then one day in 610, uh, he gets this, like – like, overwhelmingly loud, booming, like, like brain-throbbing voice in his head uh, that starts basically tell- reciting him. F- so what the, the, what the voice says, it says, recite. <laughs> and then Muhammad what? goes, I'm, I don't, like, I don't know what you mean. I'm not someone who just recites stuff. And then the voice says, recite. <laughs> and he's like, I can't. I, what, what do you want me to recite? And then the voice the third time says, recite. And then he starts just, like, saying the Quran. Yikes. He just starts like say, like reciting the Quran. It's
2: automatically there.
1: Yeah, it's automatically there. It's the word of God through him. Okay. And so he starts preaching this to all these people. Um, long story short, most of the people, um, who, they were all like polytheists, pagans at the time, uh, didn't like his message because he's talking about just one God. Uh, They weren't having that. All the prophets, you know, they're all pissed off because he's telling them to like treat people fairly and, you know, don't expose orphans to like the desert. (laughs) He he cut that out. (laughs) You guys stop. Like slavery kind of sucks, too. (laughs) Can you please not do that? (laughs) Like that shit. Um, and you know, the, so these are like the, his, his following is mostly like poor people because he also has like a very strong social justice component to his message.
2: I think that's where everything Um, has to start.
1: Almost, almost every major like religious movement, um, has like a social justice component. But it starts
2: with, yeah, with... Like
1: the regular, if not the poor people, the regular people, you know, regular people, like not rich people who are like, Oh, this guy's kind of talking about how, like, maybe we do deserve more. And that's why we do have dignity as human beings. And that's
2: why you and I are such huge Trump guys. (laughs) We finally got that. (laughs) Yeah. He's like,
1: Yeah. (laughs) He's like a regular guy. Yeah. You know, he's like, he's just like us. Just like you and me. What's funny is that in a way, he kind of is. Why doesn't
2: he have a podcast?
1: I'm, well i don't know if you would you listen to it i would absolutely listen to it
2: i don't know i think i would i would i think i would listen out to a, a few. few
1: i would s- check out a few episodes because
2: he is a fascinating guy just the way he speaks is hypnotic
1: i like i'd like to know what his like opinions are on just like not political stuff like you know uh like what's his stance on like not letting people pass on the on the left lane, you know. He might just so he, yeah, might, he, he might have like insane like theories about that. Well, he
2: would sometimes just have those <laughs> theories and just work think them out loud when he's like giving <laughs> yeah, in the middle of a speech. He it was just like starts a talking about, about like
1: nuclear like proliferation. He just talking like,
2: about like shower and how like the shower like pressure isn't is in his, <laughs> like it seems like that and toilets. It seems like they used to be a lot more intense. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Why are you talking about this? There's nothing to do with what you're talking about. I mean, that is, it's kind of amazing. Oh, yeah. So a podcast of that is, um, yeah. I I guess he's more of a, a live performer. I think he would lose interest pretty quickly. If yeah. It was just him in front of a microphone and not in front of a live crowd. <laughs> yeah. But I'd listen to a few. I would definitely check out a few. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Okay. So <laughs> I'd i try to appear on the show. I think. What's that? I I would try to appear on his show as a character to see if I. Could oh, you try check. to get on the show. Yeah.
1: Oh man, that'd be so funny. I'm like, I, well, can't, look, I, I mean, can't dwell on this because I'm having so many thoughts about this. Well, here's the he th- might have like one of the funniest shows of all time. Well, the thing if, about like, him is that him. like he's a guy who can't. Okay, as long as he's like like even, he can do it from jail if he like ever does get arrested, which I don't think he will. Do you know who Stuttering John is from the?
2: Uh... Yeah. Okay, so Stuttering John was this, this guy who was on uh, the Howard Stern show <laughs> for his podcast. He called the White House and like did a really bad impression of like senator and like got through to the president like the president called him back <laughs> Wait, which president was donald it? trump
1: oh it was trump oh yeah okay. he
2: called and then they were like he'll call you back and he did like he's a guy who can get tricked like <laughs> i could trick him i know i could trick him <laughs> what would you trick him with but what would I, you do? I can't i can't say i could trick his like production team maybe maybe they do a background check and realize i'm like just some shit at a comedian and not well I now it looks, i would say i was someone... you know what's
1: fucking harrowing is that like his his like production team might do more vetting than his like political advisors while he's president oh yeah absolutely you know absolutely yeah yeah so, like isn't that I, weird yeah so
2: i could I, I don't think i could go on a show and like not have them be like oh you're clearly on this to be a dick
1: yeah because <laughs> he wouldn't have no idea right i would trick him I'd win. <laughs> Pat would win. Yeah. Just so everyone knows. When it comes to Pat versus Trump, Pat wins.
2: I just think I just think I could convince him of, of of something. I could get him to I could get him to change a law. I know I could. If I had if I just had direct access to Donald Trump, I think I could get him to to sign or he, nothing now, he's not the president anymore, but you know what I mean. When he was a president, I think like I could get him to like just change a law.
1: Like <laughs> if i just sat I bet, him down i bet if you could i bet you could convince him to like pass a law that like liberates all zoo animals that's what i'm saying i <laughs> like could that's sit down would, with him that's what i would ask for i'd be like try i'd try that and, and i go. would stay indoors i would stay indoors <laughs> and i'd be like can you please like i'd lobby him to to get all all like animals in free. zoos in the United States the, immediately. The, set yeah, free. The, the, they the, open the gates. The barred gates just open, <laughs> and no plan past that.
2: That's what I'm saying. I know I could. I could just you know just let them wander out. If I just sat down with them for like an hour <laughs> and just one on one and just kept bringing up how you know I feel like things are going really well for you. It it just sucks that lately this whole zoo thing has been talking with you. And then you go, <laughs> what are you talking about? And I go. I'd go, oh my god! Like you're the people who surround you. They're so stupid. They don't. They must not respect you. I can't believe they didn't bring this to your attention. Yeah, people yeah. everywhere are talking about how zoo animals need to be free. And if if you were yeah. any type of a real man, you'd set them free. And yeah. like I would just do shit like that. And you would eventually go, all right, let's do it. Yeah, he let's would, do it. Would, I'm a real man. He, would, I'm a real man. I, I will sign an executive order right now, freeing every. <laughs> yeah, you think animal. I won't? Then you have every to pet da- too. Then, then all he- the pets are free too. Yeah, I'm a fucking crazy person. <laughs> then you have
1: to dare him. Like he like, won't do it if he's yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to be like you won't, you wouldn't you won't do, do it. it. You won't do it. You don't have the balls to do it. And he'd be like, him. "Are you fucking kidding?" He would do it. I, I just, again, I, I think if if
2: I did that, I think he'd have an advisor or someone with him who would go, "We clearly can't do we this." Can't guy. do that, sir. And uh, like <laughs> then, even afterward, if he went, "Okay, here's what I want to do. I want to sign a Zinger for this," there'd be someone who would, would stop it. I just think if I could get direct access to him for an hour and then just have him go straight to it and do it, I could get him to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's, <laughs> so he's, he's so surface level. You know, know exactly what you have to say to him. <laughs> it's the same thing you say to a little kid.
1: I know. But And then, like, so, I mean, probably to convince him to sign it, not that I would approve of this, but j- if it was just me and him in a room, and he was like, he needed a little more work to, like, get over to that side of the fence, Yeah, I would say, like, well, because think about it. You know, you give them a fighting chance, so when you go out to hunt them, you're more of a man. Oh that way, shit! Right? Yeah, you, let, you know, you 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 take them like you know, mano a mano.
2: Gorilla hunter.
1: Gorilla hunter. You can hunt gorillas. Just let them free. You know, Donald trump they, You know, hunter. and if you can't kill them, then it deserves to go free.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you can't do it, then no one can. <laughs> right. Yeah. And now he's he just up a the guy who just hunts <laughs> wild. Oh yes, formally not wild. Formally wild. Game. Yeah, they're, they're not even wild. They're they're uh, domesticated animals, and he, he hunts them.
1: Well, they're not exactly domesticated. They're they're just. Um, I don't know what you call that. Because they're not domesticated. They're still wild animals. Like, domesticated means it's been bred in them over generations to be like, oh, okay, never mind, familiar yeah. with humans. Oh, okay. Like, oh, whatever. you know, a lion, if it's like... A, Look, the a...
2: point is that the fucking lions are going free, dude.
1: <laughs> Thanks to me and President Donald J. Trump. Uh, what would you do if you just like walked outside, like you're going to work, and you're like, you know, locking your door? <laughs> <laughs> and you turn around. And there's a gorilla. There's like, or like a lion, maybe like thirty feet away.
2: Um, I, I, I well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying this is a good idea. I'm <laughs> like, this is a bad idea. Would like, you try? Way.
1: Would you just go straight back into your apartment, or would you try to get to your car?
2: Um, I would probably try to get to my car, and I would call the whoever I have to call the police. I guess. Yeah, I'll get back yeah. to the car, and because
1: I get I try to get to my car and drive away. I would
2: drive away quickly, and yeah. the line, I don't think the lion would go after me.
1: I mean, I Yeah, you'd have to like move. The, this is so weird. Of that I car. Swear, the car is I, way too big. There's no. No, I, no, no, no. I mean, I'm no. I'm saying like, I'm saying in this scenario, you've just like you're going to work. You've just locked your, uh, your uh, okay. apartment door. Yeah, and you're gonna walk into and the parking lion. lot to your car. Okay,
2: then no, I go back into my apartment. You go back into your apartment, and I call my job, and I go, "Fuck you,
1: dude." no <laughs> i just go i
2: just go absolutely not and i hang up it doesn't go,
1: even it doesn't even try to run after you it's just it sees you and it just it's like looking at you i don't care kind of like kind of like curiously
2: ben i work in the service industry you think it's worth a lion chase <laughs> even if there's a one only one percent chance of it happening absolutely not and it and then and if and if they said Pat, that's ridiculous. You have to come to work. I'd go, there's a line. And if I kept saying there's a line and they said, well, whatever, I would just say, well, you know what? I have diarrhea. Can't come into work. Sorry. <laughs> yep. You're, you're not allowed to I have to- diarrhea
1: you're- so hard that some of it splashed up and kind of like a little drop hit my mouth. Well, you don't, you so don't gotta- go that far. If you,
2: if you have diarrhea, <laughs> yeah. technically, like legally. Right, right. Yeah. You're if, you're, if you're if you're a work. food handler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd just go, I have diarrhea. And then I would hang up the phone and I would just scream at the sky. <laughs> Or scream at the ceiling and just get so annoyed.
1: <laughs> Would you? Oh, never I'm mind.
2: stuck from going to a job that I don't even really want to go to. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's yeah. like, I mean, I do, but I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so like. It's I, a job. I
1: know what a job is. Yeah. It's the place you don't want to go and to that you lion. have to go to.
2: <laughs> and there's a lion. I can't even go. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 if my, and, and my boss is giving me shit about it. A lion.
1: Yeah. Would you try to take a picture if he really didn't believe you? I'd be almost so pissed that he didn't believe me that I'd be like, okay, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, I would and quickly... I'd, and I'd grab a well, little... Well, how quick close s- is the line to the front 30, door? 30 feet away. Oof, that is... Like, what's 30 feet? So yeah, really, like, Okay, know,
2: really fast. I do it really fast. And I send it to him.
1: Yeah, like, well, I'd get my phone ready. Yeah. And then I'd, like, open the door slowly yeah. and just snap it and then...
2: And I send that line pick.
1: What if this time, though, when you open the door, the line's right there?
2: Um, I slam the door, and I lock it, and I run and hide underneath my covers.
1: (laughs) Like a little boy? Yeah, I just hide. (laughs) I hide from the lion at my front door. Okay, so so how about about we get to this topic, Yeah, probably. God damn it. So... Before before that digression, we were talk We we got there. We got there somehow. Uh, we got there because we're talking about. It's usually the like you know the poor, the people downtrodden, yeah. the, poors, uh, the poorest, <laughs> the <laughs> poorest, <laughs> the, the You know the the underprivileged. Um, you know masses of of any given society that like seem to be the first people to adopt a new like a paradigm, religion, shift. yeah, some sort of like societal paradigm shift, an ideological movement, whatever you want to call it. Um. So. With Islam, um, there are a few uh, basic premises to this ideology or this religion. Um, there's six primarily. Okay, fairly simple. One, there's one God, just nice. one. None of this three bullshit. None of yeah. this three and one. None of this God and man. None of this like shit where like this guy like it's God, but he has the son, has a son of God at the same time. No. Yeah, none of that. There's one guy. We've had it. One fucking guy. Okay, and he runs everything they say fuck yeah they say fuck (laughs) no 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 they don't this uh this concept (laughs) so strange not only is there only one this this entity this being is all-encompassing it is eternal it exists outside of time and space but inhabits it at the same time imbues time and space time and space with its very existence okay it transcends but it exists imminently uh you know, throughout the world at the same time and the universe anyway, um, but it also exists beyond it and transcends it. This guy's name is Allah, and this principle is called Tawhid. Um, and uh, Tawhid basically just means like unit, unity or like oneness or, 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 un- one or uniqueness. It's the concept of one, of one thing, okay? That's the most important thing, okay? Um, number two... <laughs> It's kind of fun. Angels. <laughs> what? In, in Islam, one of the main tenets of the belief is you have to believe in angels. <laughs> really? Yeah. Angels are angels are beings that were created by God, uh, Allah. Um, they're made out of light and they assist uh God or they like they're basically like gophers for God. Yeah. Okay. And they also like have certain um they are like sort of intermediaries or um uh you know conduits or representatives of God because God is so above everything and so like beyond our comprehension that these spiritual entities um that are nevertheless in a spiritual sense delimited what
2: do they um, what do they say they look like cuz cuz in in the <coughs> bible they're they're horrifying
1: yeah it's not as horrifying as the bible they look like people with wings Okay, because in the yeah. Bible
2: there's there's that's, always that's, they can take not, yeah. any
1: so they're spiritual beings so they can take any form they want. Okay, to. Um, conventionally and like artistically speaking, like you know in, in illuminated manuscripts of like old Arabic texts or Islamic texts, they're portrayed as as people with wings. They're like anthropomorphic beings with wings. Okay, hey, um, it, that's just a convention. If and it, it ain't like, broke, don't fix it. Yeah, um, so. Uh, Angels, yeah. So that's like a race of beings that were created in the by outfield. God. Angels in the outfield. Another, yes. Angels Another, in the outfield. A famous
2: movie about Islam.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> yes, right. With um, what with, if there were
2: Muslim with Christopher angels? Lloyd That'd be so and weird. If like you go back and watch it, and you're like, oh, they were Muslim angels this whole time.
1: Yeah, I mean, like in uh, the angel Gabriel in Arabic, it's Jibril. Because
2: in they were Muslim angels. Because that's not how those guys look in in the in the Bible or in the Old Testament. Yeah, that's not how angels are described as looking at all. We 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 did a Patreon episode about right. biblically yeah, yeah. accurate angels. They're, they're, they're kind of horrifying.
1: Yeah, they're uh, like a monster made out of like thousands of eyeballs. And there's
2: always eyeballs, and it's just it's just a lot, man. And it's so a bit much. Yeah. The, the, the idea of angels as these beings with like humans with wings that comes from like ancient. You know what, Greece or whatever, those cherub faced kids or whatever, the yeah. cupid or whatever. That that's where that comes from. That's mm. not from the Bible. Yeah, at that's all.
1: weird. Yeah, that is that. That image of an angel is more of like a sprite figure coming from. Yeah, from I like don't Greek know what the Roman term Roman is, mythology. but it's
2: the term where you take something from one religion and you kind of marry it into the concept from your religion. Oh, synchrony, synch- syncretism. Yeah, syncretism. It's sort yeah. of like that. So, um, so I, it sounds like the Islam one is 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 the one that we see in pop culture, meaning all those movies about angels are about Muslim angels. They're all Muslim angels, yeah. That's kind of strange. Christopher
1: Lloyd is Muslim in that movie. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but, well, this is kind of like the thing about like Islam in general, is that it's kind of like this down-to-earth religion. It's actually like very, everything's like really simple in a way. Um, not as simple at, at first glance, actually, cause we're, we're going to get into really complicated shit here. Oh, okay. Um, but like, as far as like the bare minimum that you need to know to be Muslim, you don't need a lot. Just, there's one God, you have to believe in angels. Next thing is you have to believe in uh, a succession of prophets. So God sends down messengers, these are human beings, um, who uh, are trying to sort of uh, disseminate the message of, like, there is one God, and you have to do right in this life to get, you know, reward in the afterlife, and, uh, you know, to uh, uh, kind of... Be in harmony with the way the world is supposed to be. You should act in a certain way, where you treat people with dignity and respect. You, okay, you well, know, distribute wealth uh, equally and fairly. Mm, um, you don't know about that refrain one. from like you know major sins like oh. murder, rape, uh, theft, I can uh, do that. lying. Okay. Um, so, uh, so I got two and like that. three. Yeah. Um. And but like the thing is, and it's funny is like you'd think that like these rules are not that hard to follow. Like you could like you know it doesn't.
2: I'm trying it's to hard say, I'm not trying... to do bad things, man. You know why? Because they because they the make thing. it so much easier to just lie to somebody, That's even if thing. it's just well, a white lie. And
1: also, it's doing bad things is like what you can do to avoid immediate like confrontation and yeah. and uh, and like immediate suffering or immediate uh, discomfort. Even you know, like so many bad things are like. Done to just alleviate some sort of discomfort, where if like if you just like you know take on the burden of that discomfort, things will end up being way better in the long run, you know? but so the thing is, is that like yeah, it is really easy to do, for us to do bad things, which is why God has to send down these prophets like over and over and, and terrifying over angels and, and over again. like all these guys are like, stop. Fucking raping each other, you guys! Please, okay. And they're like, "All right, sorry, we'll stop." And then like Definitely. The guy walks away, and then everyone's raping each other again. Yikes! You know, and so God has to keep sending. Can you imagine how fucking annoying that is, man? Humanity, <laughs> it's like you guys, stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Who do I have to send next? So basically, God was like, uh, finally in in six ten, starting in six ten, and over the course of the next two decades, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna send." <laughs> One last guy. This is the last guy I'm sending you. (laughs) All right, this is it. (laughs) Please, I'm not gonna say it again.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that that's so funny.
1: (laughs) So that's why Muhammad is considered the seal of the prophets. He's the last one. It's just him. It's well, it's not just him. He's the last one. He's the one who's like, like, this is your last chance, guys. He's pissed. Seems like it. He's he's pissed. I picked up on it. And he's given you so many chances. So you gotta listen to me, you guys. Luckily, over well, almost two billion people have listened to this guy so far. Um, Luckily, well, they they say that they listen, they've listened to him, but they a lot a lot of these people are still doing bad shit. Seemed, yeah, but well, every religion does that. What can you do? Uh, fourth thing, scripture. Uh, basically, God has also sent down with these prophets certain revelations. So with uh, Moses or Musa in Arabic, that's his name. Musa. M- Musa. Moses is Musa in Arabic. Okay. Um he he gave him the the what's in Arabic known as the Taurat, which is what? just Arabic for the Torah. Oh. Uh uh Isa, aka Jesus. The, he the he big sent dog. Him, the big dog, one of the most important prophets, not the son of God. <laughs> says pro- you. Say, says yeah, says say, say Muslims. Yeah. Uh says Islam. Um he uh wasn't even crucified, which is funny. In Islam, he was never crucified. Hmm. <laughs> that was like uh, God, like saved him, like at the last minute. Um, but Isa uh, <clears throat> uh, was given what's called the Injil, which is Arabic for the Gospels. And then finally, Muhammad was gifted the Quran. Okay, uh, all of these are the Word of God. They're basically like you know set in stone, written things saying this is how you this is how you act. Right, you guys. Okay, how you act right? Act right. <laughs> uh finally there's a day of judgment there's gonna be a day we don't know when where he's gonna tomorrow it could be tomorrow it could be tomorrow it's,
2: you're saying it's tomorrow
1: i'm not saying it is tomorrow so it's not tomorrow it's not tomorrow okay well no i don't know i can't say
2: you just said it's not tomorrow
1: i i like okay i have like a 99 percent. i'm 99 percent sure it's not going to be tomorrow but there's still, still no, I can't promise that. That's the point. That's the point of this. <laughs> Why not? The point of this one doctrine is the day of judgment is that no one knows when it's coming. Okay. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen in an hour from now. Um Dang. Uh anyway, there's gonna be a day of judgment where God uh, resurrects everyone who's already dead, been dead. And um, if you're not dead yet, you're you're gonna be you're gonna be judged, and then you're gonna be sent either to heaven or hell. Wait, hold on. So if you're alive and you're on so are you sent <clears throat> so you don't die.: That was something we kind of discussed this. folks, if you want to check out our patreon, we also have uh, some other episodes dealing with Islam our, our, our spin-off called Islam Slaps.":
2: Yeah, we've, we've, we've done a lot of different religious discussions.
1: Yeah. Uh, in those episodes, we go into that in a bit more detail. That's like sort of I, I'm not sh- the specific question of whether like people who have already died or are already dead. Are they already in heaven or hell right now, or are they in this weird, like, like you know, cryogenic sleep phase before they're judged on the day of judgment? Well,
2: that's not my question. Oh, I thought that was your question. My question is: so the day of judgment comes, right? Yeah. There's a bunch of people still alive, right? Yeah. So what happens to them?
1: So they're they're gonna be Do judged. They get killed. They're not going to be killed, so they go because they don't have to. So their body goes to heaven. Okay, so this is a detail I'm not actually completely sure on. Why not? Well, here's the thing: God on the day of judgment, God is going to resurrect bodily resurrect everyone who's already dead anyway. Right. So everyone in the history of the world is going to be alive again or still alive. Yeah. On the day of judgment, God judges everybody who has ever been born in their like alive state. They're brought to, like, I, I mean, there's, like, a lot of debates about the intricacies of this, but, like, you know, I think the general consensus is that people people are brought back to their, like, peak, their peak, like, physical moment. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like, the moment where you were like, you know, in, in your best shape when you look the hottest. <laughs> that's when they're, that's when you get resurrected.
2: Oh, well, the, for you and me, that's not going to still yeah. be that good.
1: I mean, it won't be great. It'll be better than this <laughs> right now. <Think> so? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Ben, do you think that you've I'm never... A, dude, like I said, I got, I've, I'm getting fat. I, I've, think. I think you've never been hotter. Well, thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. I think
2: that you've uh, grown into your body. I think we're both
1: looking good today. (laughs) Yeah, we
2: both look really good. I mean, I'm wearing pajamas. We're ready
1: to be resurrected. (laughs) I'm ready to go. (laughs) I'm ready to go. That's
2: a a gospel. (laughs) Hallelujah. I'm ready to go. (laughs) I'm ready. I'm ready. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. I can hear the voices singing soft and low. All
1: right. Yeah. Okay, and then, so there's the day of judgment. Last uh, is this uh, doctrine of divine decree, which is basically like predestination. Um, it's not quite predestination, but it's basically like God already knows everything that's going to happen. God, by his very existence, has set in motion uh, like everything he knows score. that's going to happen. You know, over all time. That being said, and there's like a lot of, we'll talk a little bit about this, and we've already discussed this a little bit, is that, you know, Muslims still believe in free will, um, but they also believe that God knows the course of, you know, every single decision ever made. Uh, You know, it's important to remember that he doesn't like dictate, he doesn't say you are going to choose this. Like, I'm telling you that you're going to choose this. He just knows it's going to he happen. He just knows that you are going to choose this. Look, I've
2: been around. Yeah, yeah, I know what's going on. Yeah,
1: he's not, like, compelling you to go a certain path. He just knows the path you're already going to take. <coughs> um, so there's a little more, there's more nuance to that, but we'll leave it at that for now. Um, so that's the basic theology of Islam. That's, like, the kind of, like, the bare minimum of, like, what you need to believe to call yourself Muslim. Um, so what, what's the philosophy? So the philosophy, we're getting into it. Okay, so a little bit of history. Um, so, you know, Islam kind of starts as a religion roughly, when, well, basically when Muhammad starts getting followers. So like between 610 and 633 when he dies, uh, you know, he starts gathering a following and these are the first Muslims. <clears throat> and then pretty much almost as soon as he dies, they're like, all right, let's spread the word. And Boy, howdy, did they? Yeah, they did a pretty good job. Um, Starting in like a sliver of land on the coast of Saudi Arabia in 630 by 750 AD, they have conquered all of Arabia, pretty much all of the Fertile Crescent, the Middle East, uh, uh, the Holy Lands, all of North Africa, going uh, going from Algeria, basically, no, all the way to Morocco and into Spain at that point. They conquered Spain in 711. Uh, ad that's always that's, that's a, like a hundred years That's after.
2: a crazy uh thing in history to me yeah they made they it to spain yeah. they got they
1: got pushed but the muslims finally got pushed back in europe by um uh charles martel he was a like a, a frank knight who fought in the, i think it was the battle of tours and that was you must F- leave you must leave you cannot uh, stay here <laughs> <laughs> we are uh, french <laughs> We hate Muslims. Yeah, they really, <laughs> they really do. do to this they day, are not fans. They fucking are not fans. No. Um. Yeah. So the French kicked out, or the, the French stopped the advance of the Muslims or the Moops, um, <laughs> in Tours. In, I fought
2: um, in your general direction. Yeah,
1: that was in 732 AD, I think. Um. So basically, the Muslims made it a little bit into France. Uh. In. M- about 100 years since, like, Muhammad dies. Okay. Um They also, not only do they go west, they go east into um, a lot of, like, these Turkish lands, uh, Persia. And eventually, I think by, like like, around 900 AD, they make it to India. Like, they basically take over a huge chunk of, like, northern India. And then over the course of the next, like... 100, 200 years uh, up until around like 1300, they they fucking make it all the way across, not militarily, but they con- end up converting like Indonesia. like So they get into like all the way pretty much to the Philippines. <laughs> so from the Philippines to Spain, Muslim, okay, in the matter of like 100 years. Um, and they build one of the most advanced civilizations of all time. And like co- going with that are a bunch of philosophers who are gonna basically want to um, you know justify and lend more credence and legitimacy to the religion by uh, expounding more on its like theology and its philosophy
2: and they are the, these guys are far enough separated this we well yeah of course because this, you said it's like a, over a hundred years so they' so they're not they weren't involved with the actual founding of the religion no
1: this these the, so we're gonna talk about they came later. we're gonna talk about a lot of figures in in uh, Muslim philosophy or Islamic philosophy who come a lot later and actually right. so we'll talk the first guy right off let's the bat let's do it Three, two, one, go Al-Kindi yeah. uh, this guy Al-Kindi he was born uh, around 801 AD so a little less than 200 years after the founding of Islam um, he died in uh, 873 I um, can't remember where he's from I didn't write that down but you know somewhere in the Middle East don't beat yourself assume. up dude <laughs> um, he's associated with this thing called the translation movement so this is a really important thing in the history of Islamic philosophy and you know Islamic intellectual The Translation history. movement. The translation movement. Basically, think of like where where the Muslims conquered. Once they when they got out of Arabia in like basically in a, a like an explosion of conquest, they got like Babylon, uh Baghdad, uh, you know, the Holy Land. Um they took they, they took over like almost two empires that were fighting. So at the time that like Muhammad was preaching, the main Uh, like geopolitical powers in the region Um, like north of Arabia were the Persian Empire off to the (laughs) off to the east and the Byzantine Roman Empire or like the Eastern Roman Empire in the west they they had like Turkey uh, the Holy Land before Islam and like uh, most of the Eastern Mediterranean so like Greece and um, northern Egypt and parts of northern Africa. That was the Byzantine Empire, and then Persia had basically what's like what's Iran now. More like
2: the getting busy tin. The g- game. God damn it. <laughs> I
1: don't know. It was close. Yeah, whatever. You tried. Yeah, I tried. You swung. You swung. And I <laughs> you know <what>? missed hard.
2: <laughs> I like fell over. Can't hit dugout. anything if you don't swing, man. Yeah. But what I did was I swung so hard that I kept spinning. Yeah. And I spun into my dugout and <laughs> knocked <Like laughs> over a bunch
1: of people. <laughs> like a Charlie Chaplin guy. Yeah. yeah. And, it,
2: and it made the same noise that like uh, pins do when they're hit when you're bowling.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So. Uh, Al Kindi is from somewhere in the Middle East. I'll follow up with that later. Um, right, he was part of the translation movement. So um, when when Islamics ex- exploded out of Arabia, uh, they took over. First of all, North like Northern Egypt uh, had the city of Alexandria, which had one of, one yeah, of them. Where Jim the, from? Uh, yeah, Alexandria, Virginia. Yeah, so Alexandria, Virginia, famously located in Egypt. Famously located <laughs> in Egypt. Yeah. Um, You know, they had like the academy, uh, or the sorry, the Library of Alexandria, very, very important ancient library, where basically the entire like the Roman world, the Greek world, they like anyone who was anybody who was like you know Aristotle, Thucydides, Aristophanes, Sophocles, Cicero, anybody who wrote anything uh, around that time had copies made of their works housed in the Library of Alexandria.
2: So Socrates' philosophies and. Socrates, hypocrisies,
1: hypocrisies, yeah.
2: <laughs> um, Can't define how we're dropping these mockeries. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're lyrically perform on robbery. <laughs> Stop, what is that? It's Wu-Tang it? Clan. Oh, it's yeah. Capadonna. No, it's not Cappadonna. No, I'm in a fucking idiot. It's a goddamn Inspector Deck.
1: Okay, yeah. Cool. That'll use
2: another Muslim, Muslim
1: philosopher. Another Muslim, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, is he Muslim or is he? Uh, I actually don't know. I think I think he might be like a five percent, or a lot. A lot of dudes in Wu Tang are
1: okay. Yeah. All right. So when the Muslims came out of Arabia, they took over places like Alexandria, Egypt. Um, they uh, got parts of the Byzantine Empire. They they conquered pretty much all of Persia, and Persia has its own intellectual history. So what they started doing was they like wherever they conquered, they like first of all, the way they conquered were they come to like a new area. And the people who were living there, they're like, You got three options. What's
2: up, guys? One,
1: uh, you can live your life as you've been living it, um, but you have to pay what's called the jizya tax. Um, and that's like if you're not Muslim, you have to play it pay this extra tax. Dang. Okay. How much was it? I don't remember. It was it wasn't something like totally exorbitant. It was like, I don't know, some t- like ten percent of your earnings or whatever.
2: Dang, dude. I'd be annoyed. <laughs>
1: So okay, you don't have to pay the tax. But I wonder, you don't have to pay the tax. Enough. Here's the thing. So yeah, so this is why. This is why. Also, there's so many converts. They got so many converts like right away. They also said, or <laughs> you don't have to pay the tax if you just convert. Just convert. Yeah. Uh, be say you're Muslim, and you know believe in Allah, believe in Muhammad as the last prophet, and you don't have to pay this tax. Okay, and then to everyone. The third option, or you know, these guys are like, well, we don't want to pay the tax, but we also don't want to be Muslim. So what's the third option? They're the like, daily we'll, double. <laughs> the daily double. We fucking kill you. Yeah. We'll, oh, no. we'll fucking kill you. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> like you have to, you, we'll, we'll let you live, but you still have to pay this tax. Or you don't have to pay the tax at all if you just become Muslim. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, it was, I guess, like militarily, they like got a lot of converts that way. But they did offer them a choice and most people just opted in. Like when they got there, they're just like, "Yeah, I mean it's close enough." I guess I would. Yeah, why wouldn't it? It's the same. Also, it's the same God. Most of these people were Christian, right? Uh, like in Egypt before the Muslims got there, and they're like, "Ah, eh, you guys kind of have Jesus too." Well, whatever, we'll we'll join. Yeah, it's better than paying ten percent. <laughs> you I'll know, you protection that much. protection money. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. So that's most of what happened. Um, Persia, the the Byzantine empire and the persian empire like officially they did send troops to fight the arabs but when they like lead, laid siege to like towns that had a bunch of civilians when offered those choices the civilians mostly were like yeah we'll just be muslim this is fine yeah. can we can i get can i go to work now i have to go to work they'll be like yeah yeah go ahead but like you know the government <laughs> officials will be like no we're a christian state or persia at the time was like no we're a zoroastrian state you know we <laughs> You can't just come in here and bring this new religion. They're like, "All right, well, well we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> Our God told us to." Sorry, there's nothing we could we're do. We're Supposed to, we're supposed to. <laughs> we're convinced we have to do this. Yeah, I just work here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but so, right. Sorry, the translation movement. So, wherever the Arabs went they gathered any sort of like scrolls and like written documents about anything any topic philosophy mathematics science uh history drama poetry whatever it is they would grab everything they'd make a copy of it first so they leave the originals where they found them they'd send the copies back to like you know wherever the capital is at the time with the Rashidun caliphate uh which is like the first like islamic government like right after muhammad um uh died uh i think i think the the capital was in medina or maybe mecca at the time then there was like the umayyad caliphate which i think the capital was damascus and then it was like baghdad or something but these cities in the middle east they would send them back to whatever the capital was and they'd have all of these scholars uh people from who used to be or you know are still persian ethnically but used to be like zoroastrians who converted to islam they're now like helping translate these persian works, these turkish works, these greek works, you know, latin, any language you can think of. Why
2: do you think they were so interested in knowledge and like scholarship and stuff? So
1: at this point actually it's really interesting. They they had been sort of the the arabs kind of had like this chip on their shoulder because they they knew that like, you know, before Islam, pre-Islamic Arabia was like this sort of like wild west anarchical like tribe versus tribe sort of society that was very much looked down upon by the more settled empires of Persia and and the Byzantines. And they knew that. They knew that they looked looked down on them. So now that they have this new message and they're basically they're like puffing their chests out and they're like we can we can roll with the big boys and be a civilized society as well. Hmm and to do that they're like well we do need to like learn from these people these set already settled people because now we've conquered them and we need to know how to govern them now <laughs> like you know almost like a eyes to eyes bigger than your stomach sort of situation hmm. like they took over all these places and they're like well shit now we have what to we'd... govern yeah you know um so they're like well i guess we better learn what they lo- what they know already it's kind of like daenerys in what way I mean, there's you know, like conquerors and stuff. Yes. I've read
2: a lot of Game of Thrones lately, so pretty much everything you've been saying so far in my head I've been like, okay, well, that's kind of like Dorne. <laughs> or <I'm> like, okay, <laughs> or that kind of reminds me of like this. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. So the translation movement was basically that. All of these scholars, everywhere they went, they got these works, and then they sent them back to whatever the capital was at the time. Mecca, Medina, Damascus, Baghdad, whatever. Um, and they'd have these scholars there uh, who would... Uh, just translate everything. That's like, that was like the first step. We just like, let's translate everything into Arabic. Okay. okay. So we can read it and we can figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, this guy, Al-Kindi, who's like involved with this movement. Um, he basically like, you know, oh, also this was all publicly funded, obviously like the, the caliphate, the caliph is like the, the head of the religion and the government. He was like, you know, here's all this money. We're going to hire all the smartest people we know, put them in one place and they're going to translate everything. Um, this guy Al Kindi was involved with this movement, and he was like very much uh, part of this thing called the Peripatetic movement, which is basically like a very early, like incipient form of like Aristotelian philosophy blended with Islamic theology. they were basically trying to apply Aristotle's philosophy to back up what's already understood as Islamic theology. Okay, so like that includes things like trying to prove the existence of God trying to understand, like, you know, what is the world made out of? Like, what is, you know, is, you know, this world material? Or is it all, or is it, like, ideal ideas uh, or forms, like, ideal forms, like, in Platonism? Or is it, like, you know, some sort of, like, I don't know, cosmic substance that imbues existence and everything? There's, like, a lot of different theories. Yes. yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, so that's what they start doing. Um, and, uh... Let's see. Uh, That's the, basically, Al-Kindi, he kind of, like, gets the ball rolling. He's, like, the first Islamic philosopher. Um, Then there's this guy named Al-Farabi. He was born in 870, and he dies in 950. Uh, And he um, just kind of introduces more, like, Aristotelian logic, Um, like, uh, you know, subjects and subjects and predicates and like how they interact with each other uh the different like causes of things uh i don't know if you remember you probably don't but in no i do in aristotelian metaphysics there are these things called the four causes yeah which is basically like any sort of given object has like uh stop (laughs) what (laughs) What i know it's like four quote-unquote causes which is like yeah Is that your trick? Just to use the last word that I said, like, in, in agreement? In agreement, Do yeah, in agreement.
2: Do you have any idea how many times I've done that <laughs> and it in works. my life and it works. <laughs> and it, it, it does. always does.
1: Yeah. Oh, it always life. does. It always does. See? <laughs> I immediately <laughs> would be like, see, this guy knows what I'm talking about. No, he's just saying the exact same thing I just did.
2: <laughs> so I think he's smart.
1: Yeah. You said the exact same thing I just Oh, said, you said yeah. the
2: same thing that I did. You must be smart like me.
1: <laughs> yeah. Fucking A. Man, people are so, like, uh, when you get down to it, like, Anybody can be like intellectual and intelligent, you know, if they, if they just sit down and try to do it. But like the thing is, is that all of our default settings are just like run by very, me, 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 very me me me, me 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 conventional psychology. Yeah, people are pretty. Like, sim- oh, I like this guy because he either looks like me or he thinks like me. Yeah, people. So he must be right. People are pretty I'm
2: simple right. when you come down to it. <laughs> yeah, you, you, people are pretty easily. He's
1: got to edify, stroke that ego. It's so, like, it's so easy. Anytime somebody is like, so easy. Anytime
2: somebody's like. This person is so like mysterious and hard to understand. It's like they're probably not. There's <laughs> yeah, like five types not. of people. You know what he's thinking he about? you got a twenty percent chance of guessing.
1: Let's uh, there's this thing. Oh, um I, I was watching um uh the interview the new like interview with the vampire TV show. Have you seen like ads for that? <laughs> there's like Um, I don't think no, I don't think so. There's yeah, they made like there's the movie, right, with like Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Of like, course. Made in the nineties. Of course, man. So now they Oh, um, the no fucking point of I it. Mean. The guy who play, the guy who plays like the young, brand new vampire in the series, yeah, is the same guy who plays, um, it, from Game of Thrones. The guy who is like the leader of the of the, like the slave army, something worm, gray worm, gray worm. worm. Oh, Grey, that guy, yeah. gray worm plays the um, like the young new vampire. Oh, so he's like a young hunk. He's a young hunk, yeah. It's, and it takes places like in like in new-, new Orleans. It doesn't matter. There's a scene in that in the sexiest the show. time to be.
2: I I will say if you're going to be a fucking vampire, 1910
1: uh like New, New Orleans? Orleans. Yeah, that's the place to go. So much like whoring. That's the place to go. Fucking and like alcohol, drugs, like you tell, tell me they didn't fucking smoke opium. Why in New Orleans how, in 1910? Why
2: weren't we living in New Orleans in 1910? We would be having the time of, Such I mean i would be dead for sure, but we'd be having We'd both
1: we'd both be dead by now. I don't yeah. think we would have we we would not make it to our 40s no 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 like we're not 40 yet but like i mean we am pretty sure i'm gonna get there Ah,
2: jury's out (laughs) for you
1: (laughs) i think for both of us you you think i'm gonna die before 40 i think you could i mean yeah sure just like i'd say there's
2: probably about an an 85 percent
1: chance that i'm gonna die before 40 dude (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i'm not even that insulted i just think you're like wrong (laughs) I think I have. I just genuinely think I have better odds than that. (laughs) I don't know, man. I've seen how you. What do you think's gonna do it? I. I mean, there's so many different. It could be anything. It
2: could be. I mean, it could be even something. I just. God, knowing
1: me, I could. I might. I'm ashamed to say that I. I. I can get taken. I, I can get carried away with road rage if I let it. Yeah. And if I were to die in a in a like a violent, unexpected way um i bet it would probably it might be from a like a like a road rage incident where i just flipped flipped off the wrong guy Look, you got
2: two years
1: so <laughs> make the most two and a half i got two there's
2: and really only a 15 percent chance that you're gonna make
1: it <laughs> i think i still think and, I have and a bitter, once you hit 40 i like, think i have at least 50 50 okay
2: but how many years let's be honest benny how many years past 40 do you really think you got <laughs> <laughs> i think i have a quite a bit benny how many sunsets do you have left in you
1: I think I have quite a bit. Just gen, gen bleh, bleh, genetically speaking. Because everyone on my mom's side they might as well be vampires. They yeah, live in their like late nineties. Grandpa. My grandpa's like 90, 93 going on ninety four. Yeah. He still drives.
2: Still never learned English. Too. Still never learned never, English. Never just never did. Doesn't give a fuck. Just I just why would he now? <laughs> I guess why would he, yeah. yeah. But I just he's dead. I mean how many decades did he live in America? He's never Since learned Since the
1: seventies. Fifty That's years. So Fifty years. He lived that here. Rules.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? Fuck it. Why not? Why would he? Okay. It seemed to work out for him. Let
1: me let me get into this. We were talking about real quick. Just a recap on Aristotelian logic. Uh, the four the four causes are basically like, like the four things. So they're called causes, but don't think of that like cause and effect. Exactly. Okay. Uh, what Aristotle means by the four causes are basically like the four Oh I fucking like, hate things, shit like that. The four things that like define a given object. Okay. There's like So um, change the word. I know. I, I just relax. All right. So there's like, like there's there's um I don't remember what there what each one is called. Oh, there's the final cause, which is basically like what something is made for. So you like have a hammer. Um it's like final cause is like uh is basically the hammer nails. That's what the thing is made up, and with a really for. cool keyboard intro. What?
2: Do do
1: What does that have to do with the a hammer? Final oh, the final, the final cause. Do do do
2: do. Okay. Remember? Yes, that's what they <laughs> yeah, should call it—the final countdown. It okay. would already have its own theme song, it'd be the there's... first philosophy concept to have its own theme song. All
1: right. So there's the formal. There's the formal <laughs> cause, which is like the shape, basically of the of the. Uh, the shape or the way it's configured so it's like you have like the metal uh like head of a hammer and then you have like the shaft handle that you hold it from okay okay that's like the form it's like its design basically right um you have the material cause which is like what it's literally made out of so like wood and metal and then there's the um i can never remember what this is actually called but this is the one cause that is like the cause and effect thing it's like where it came from right like the it's it's um like initial cause let's call it is like you know the guy who makes hammers. That's where that hammer came from. Okay. Like, And you can also say that, like, and ultimately it came from, A, a tree, and B, some, like... Well, technically we all iron, came from uh, Africa. So. Iron ore, yeah, and we all came from Africa. And so Africa would be our, in, our initial just cause. Did I blow your mind? No, I knew that. Because
2: the thing about us, Ben, is that actually... Yeah. Early man came, the earliest man came from Africa. I know, So I know that. I mean, does that just fucking blow your... Bigoted mm. mind. No, no. <laughs> I knew that. I knew that already. No, because Ben is always like, "Oh, I think humanity came from f- fucking England."
1: Why would I think that? That's the dumbest know. place for anyone to come from, too. Remember when it's an island? Remember when
2: willie b's dad was convinced that uh
1: that tr- the Trojans <laughs> were were actually like
2: it was a code for for ancient like the br- the Britons. Yeah. yeah, like
1: yeah, the ancient Britons. <laughs> that it was
2: all- it all took place in England.
1: That guy was something else. He
2: really is. He is.
1: <laughs> I don't remember just like he was. You know, he was like an insane person. Obviously, a horrible husband and father. Oh
2: Jesus! Well, <laughs> Jesus.
1: But, but man, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it was yep. fun hanging out with him. It was really fun like that time out with... we got drunk and he let us handle his guns. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Jeez,
2: yeah. Oof.
1: But I digress. Um, so, Al Farabi, again, he's another Islamic philosopher who adopted Aristotelian logic and these, like, you know, the, the, four, the four causes and applied it to, uh, like, Islamic thinking and applied it to, like, you know, what is God made out of? What is the universe made out of? Um, you know, uh, what's the difference between our souls and our bodies? You know, are they made of different materials, different substances? This is, like, kind of, I wouldn't say not primitive, but, like, you know, definitely taking their cue from ancient Greek philosophy. All right. Uh, now we start getting into like some even the really big, heavy hitters. Um, the first one is probably one of the most famous Islamic philosophers of all time. Uh, he's somebody who we already did an episode about him with our good friend Mitch McCulsha. He was uh, the guest for that episode. And, you, and we got into a scr- screaming, screaming fight. Match, a screaming, like, a, yeah, a screaming fight over diegetic versus non diegetic music. Well, at film. least it was
2: w- over something worthwhile. Yeah. And this <laughs> Mitch is just sitting there watching it. All, well, all
1: I remember is Mitch is Mitch is While you were event. while you were screaming, he was like trying to calm you down by offering you his jewel, his like jewel pen. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, here, just take a just take a toke off of this and calm down. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, and you wouldn't. You were on your feet. Well, I was annoyed. <laughs> I don't even remember who was arguing. What side?
2: I absolutely Oh, I. It doesn't matter.
1: Okay, so. I remember all all of it. Anyway, that episode, if you want to revisit it, I think it's uh, episode 102, um, is uh, about our good friend uh, Ibn Sina, uh, grandfather of John Sina. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And his Latin name, or his Latinized name, is Avicenna. That's like what Europeans called him. All right. This guy is a very heavy hitter, not only in the Islamic world, but he was actually one of the biggest influences on um, uh, our good friend Thomas Aquinas. (laughs) Uh, in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this guy also was a big fan of... Um, Ar- Arisa- hey, real quick. Yeah. What?
2: So I was reading this thing about, about St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. I heard a pretty interesting story. Uh-huh. I guess he was like a really gullible guy.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: And so he was like hanging out and like, I guess like the other brothers were, were there and they were like, hey, I bet we can... Fucking, tr- you know, tr- trick Saint, Tom- you know, Saint Thomas. Old, old well, they, they, they probably didn't call him Saint Thomas. Saint Tommy. They probably didn't call him Saint Thomas back then. But yeah. uh while well, he was still alive, but they're like, we can be- definitely trick this guy, bet. Uh-huh. And so they said something like, like pigs are flying or something like that. And uh-huh. I was like, holy shit! And like ran over and looked out the window, and he was just like, ah, just like annoyed because they like tricked him. <laughs> oh, really? And so they and so they just like laughed at him and stuff. And then his comeback was like essentially like. Well, you know, sorry, but I would rather believe that pigs can fly than believe that my brothers would trick me. <laughs> and they were all like, "Oh, <laughs> it's like the it's like the most epic comeback." Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, but how are you so easily tricked? Like, like, like yeah, that was you trying to save face? You were tricked, St. Thomas.
1: Yeah, well, that was a good comeback, though. Well, after all, he's St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah, sh- shaming people, man! What a Catholic comeback, too. Very Catholic, you know, just guilting them. You should feel bad. You should for being feel alive. bad about yourself. <laughs>
2: oh, are you enjoying yourself right now? You shouldn't. You shouldn't. Here's why it's bad. Because you sinned.
1: <laughs>
2: I'm gonna be a saint. My name's Saint Thomas.
1: Yeah. So Avicenna or Ibn Sina was born uh, in 9. I think he's from Persia. Uh, born in 980. Uh, all right, well, no, nah, I'll check later. Uh, he was born in 980 and died in 1037. Um, so again, still, this is like. Like century after century after century heavy hitter heavy hitter heavy hitter this guy also was a big fan of aristotelian metaphysics um but he also kind of combined that with um with uh uh, a form of um, neoplatonism which is something that i think deserves its own uh episode eventually this is like uh in like around the 400s is it like
2: so it's like new platonism
1: like basically, new, like neo new Pla- Ma- like new metal. That's what it's. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's actually new Platonism. It's N yeah, U and with neo. the umlaut yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> um it's uh, <laughs> neo so, so some <laughs> some historians of philosophy actually don't really like the term neoplatonism because it's Why? not like because it's not a, like a refurbishing or a reinterpretation of Platonism. It's supposed to mean more um, that uh, it's it's better to describe it as late Platonism. It's basically it's still platonic philosophy but but revived like way later like 800 years later um because like plato was writing in 400 bc neoplatonism or late platonism kind of like you know saw a big surge in 480 so yeah 800 years um but anyway the main idea just real quick about neoplatonism is uh because this ain't your father's platonism there's like there's this is where a lot of a lot of like where a lot of, like, Gnostic um, religions and, and like, okay. cults take their take their cue from. This is where a lot of, like, Kabbalah comes from. This is where a lot of Sufism comes from.
2: This is where, like... Now, this is, like, the good shit.
1: This is the good shit. So, Neoplatonism, this is, like, the good shit. That um, it's basically this idea of, like, uh, there's, like, this primordial, like, eternal, uh you know, existence or divinity, whatever you want to call it, like, first principle, um, that exists sort of... Beyond our scope, beyond our understanding, um, you know, well beyond the limits of, like, your corporal bodies, space itself, time itself. It's, like, the first thing. It's the necessary being that, like, is, like, the bedrock of just existence in general. If you wonder why there's something other than nothing. Which I do. It's because, and obviously, I think I, I think it's a, <laughs> impossible to avoid that conclusion. There is obviously something and not nothing. Um, yeah. The reason for that is because of this thing, this idea, this first principle, um, which is in very simply in Greek is, is called tohen, which just means the some one. Some kind of wonderful. One. <laughs> kind of, oh, close. Some kind of wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> but it's spelled O-N-E, so it looks like uh, some kind of oneiderful. Oneiderful. <laughs> <laughs> Why?
2: <laughs> Why would it do that?
1: So, um, So Avicenna kind of combined Aristotelian logic and metaphysics with uh, this like very simple Neoplatonism and uh mix that up with um, you know this traditional Orthodox uh, Islamic theology and belief. It's like rap rock. And sure. Rage fine. against the machine. Yes. This so is like, rap yeah, this, so so this guy's like the Zach de la Rocha of the Islamic okay. philosoph- philosophical movement. All right. Um obviously it was very easy to identify this first principle with guess who? Allah right the the same primordial first principle number in Islam one. the thing yeah the number one number one stunner <laughs> Allah <laughs> um he also kind of delved into the idea of like this uh, dichotomy or this um uh distinction between existence and essence like so there's existence which is like you know being itself the thing that like sustains the whole universe and beyond um, that grants it it's like it's existence-ness it's the fact that it's here and around and then there's essence which is what provides the whatness of certain things and certain ideas and certain objects so like you know the chair whatness like like you know quote unquote whatness it's like what what um like you know what makes a chair a chair like you know it's it's this oh uh, this okay yeah Yeah, it's it's this it's the so there exists in like this ethereal realm this idea of like chairness Right, that's the essence of the chair. All chairs are chairs, chairs by virtue of sharing in this like metaphysical, uh, ethereal idea of chairness.
2: So, for philosophers, th- this is why no one likes you. It's because you guys say stuff like the chairiness in a chair is a chair, and all this shit. You guys have to, you got to come up with better things. Well, that so sucks. That, that's the
1: things. Like, there's some philosophers who who. Uh, uh, you know, directly negate this this idea, and like, Aristotle was one of this. So that's like a that's a very Platonic idea of uh, this idea of like these eternal forms that imbue the essence of a thing into that physical thing. So like there is a, like this idea of microphoneness that like imbues the essence of the microphone to this microphone. So it's it's essentially like, the, the that goes for
2: everything. It's the what's all this then principle. What's all this then?
1: principle of reality of reality yes (coughs) um and then there's also this this...
2: the inherent chairiness of a chair then
1: (laughs) yes um there's also this because we got a lot to cover (laughs) this so it's
2: gotta be a (laughs) two-parter this is gonna be a
1: a two-parter yeah sure well let me finish up with i guess let me just do finish with avicenna and then we're gonna do one more guy and then and then we can call it a night and we'll follow up with we'll pull off and then we'll yeah because um, the latter part is gets even nuttier. Um, so Avicenna also uh, dealt with this idea of, uh, or the dichotomy between uh, necessity and contingency. Um, this is something that becomes a big, big theme in uh, European scholastic philosophy. So another thing to realize too is that scholastic philosophy, all the people who were involved in that movement, so like Peter Abelard, <coughs> Albertus Magnus, St. Thomas Aquinas, William of Ockham, John Duns Scotus, uh, I think we've done episodes on most, if not all of those. Uh, you know, there are these, first of all, they're all monks, all Christian Catholic monks who just are essentially doing the same thing that these Muslim philosophers were doing for Islam, but they were doing this for, for Catholicism. And they were taking their cue from these Muslim philosophers. Hmm. So like like I said, Thomas Aquinas, for example, got most of his shit from Avicenna, from this guy, Ibn Sina. So like, what's funny is like when we went to the heights and we went to like, and you know, uh, school for boys, where, school for boys, where
2: you were, you know,
1: yeah. When I was, I was thrown, I was, I was threatened with expulsion. No, not threatened. I was expelled. You for were a second. expelled for about ten I was, minutes. I was expelled for ten minutes. Yeah. Um. And uh, I was also had a bunch of books thrown at me. Yep. And-
2: <laughs> Directly at you, not like in
1: your general direction. Well.
2: So Specifically not intentionally at me. to hit you.
1: I was never. No one. No one threw a book at me. It's not your fault. <laughs> no, no. I'm saying no one. No one intentionally threw a book at me. I was hit by a book accidentally because because the teacher was aiming for someone else, a different student. Or okay, a different student. Well, yeah. I take it all. That was his then. friendly
2: fire. Never mind then.
1: Okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind. He would just sling them at us. Why wouldn't he he? would he like he would like try to aim it so like the spine would hit you.
2: <laughs> That's the worst part of the book. No. To get hit by. And just in general.
1: Luckily, I think he I think he only threw paperbacks. I think one time he was really mad and he threw a hardback book. Oof. <laughs> yikes so Catholic school um, <laughs> and also
2: this was this wasn't like the 60s
1: right no this was this was the late 90s Ni-
2: this is 1998 when this shit was <laughs> 99 happening. yeah this absolutely. isn't like when like my parents were growing up and like the, right the, you know, the, the
1: nuns are like you know wrapping your knuckles and stuff yeah
2: they're fucking experts on pain dude yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to fuck with any of those nuns from the 60s <laughs> yeah. they would wreck your same, shit same school they'd make you feel bad first and then they would just wreck your yeah, nuts. and then they
1: would physically abuse you yeah <laughs> Okay, so... Anyway, all that shit was inspired by this Muslim guy. Interesting. <laughs> Avicenna. Um, a couple couple last things on Avicenna. This guy this guy did, first of all, like, everything. So not only was he a philosopher, he was also a mathematician, he was also a doctor. Um, he, he was, like, came up with some, like, you know, revolutionary theories and optics and, like, all this shit. Um, a real so renaissance man. A renaissance man, man before the renaissance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, right, there's this dichotomy between uh, necessary and contingent, the concepts of necessary and contingent. Necessary is like a category for things that must be. It's impossible for them to... It's impossible for them to not be. Uh, And then there's contingency or things that are contingent, which is basically their existence is is due to or caused by the prior existence of something else. And that's like... That implies a chain of causal connection all the way to, like, the big kahuna, the, you know, the necessary existent of all necessary existences, God, or Allah. Um, and then, uh last couple things, um, this guy Avicenna came up with two arguments for the existence of God. Um, they're called, uh, uh, like, they're called Kalam, which is, like, basically, like, philosophical theology. Kalam is, like, the, the theory, the... The tradition of theological philosophy in Islam, it's basically like where philosophers are trying to use philosophical techniques and intellectual, purely intellectual techniques to try to prove the existence of God on a logical or intellectual level as opposed to like a you know mystical direct experience sort of thing. Um, so he came up with the first ontological uh, argument for the existence of God. And this basically comes from this idea of necessity going all the way back to we clearly see that, like, you know, something exists and something can't come from nothing. So some, so if something exists, it has to come from what's ultimately the most primordial necessary being, the being that always was, the being that always will be, the being that underlies all, uh, you know, um, subsidiary existences or essences. And, you know, since this necessary being has to exist... Uh, You know, one of the primary conditions for something to be a necessary being is that it has to exist and therefore does exist because, you know, it can't have a quality. It's it's, it's weird. A necessary being cannot have among its attributes the attribute of non existence. It has to exist by its own, like, self evident brute force, you know, concept or. logicality or whatever you want to call it sure this thing has to exist something has to if something exists because it has to it has to it can't come from nothing it has to come from something else and ultimately this has to this this and ent- there has to be some sort of necessary always has been there entity that yeah i think about that um,
2: sometimes when i see like rivers yeah and like trees and shit especially trees like growing in the middle of like a river just a single tree i look at that and i'm just like there has to be a god. Yeah, like there
1: has to be something. Something. Yeah, I don't something. know why. There's just small it,
2: it, things like that that make me go, "Holy shit!" It doesn't
1: have to be the. It doesn't have to be the idea of like a personal, like you know, God who's involved in everything, you know, uh, who has a personality the way he's depicted in the Bible. It could just be this like beyond comprehension force or primordial entity that just this thing has this thingness or whatever in the most abstract sense you can muster. Has to exist, and in order for anything that we observe and encounter in our everyday lives, for those things to exist, okay? Okay. This is so abstract that you can only—it's almost impossible to find words to to describe. No, you know? this
2: makes perfect sense. <laughs> I
1: can't tell if you're being sarcastic.
2: I'm, I'm not being sarcastic.
1: <laughs> fuck off. You, um, fuck you, little idiot. The Another another way to interpret that. Fuck you to hell. Fuck you. <laughs> another way to interpret this is um. Uh oh, who was it? Damn it, I'm not gonna remember this. It's not Abelard. Uh, I'll 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 figure it out later. Um, but uh, there's a um uh a, a European philosopher uh who kind of came up with uh, or reworded this this ontological argument. Um, Anselm, Saint Anselm, that's who it was. Uh, More like Saint Handsome. Saint Handsome. You said that the last time I talked about him. Every single time I bring up Saint Handsome, you say the exact same thing. You say more. You say word for word, verbatim, the same exact thing. Because I'm having like wicked deja vu right now. Because the last time I brought him up, you said (laughs) you said more like Saint Handsome. And you and you and you know what? I'm gonna say it again. Like. Like months, if not a year from now, if he's oh, brought up no. and you're going to say it again then too.
2: That's really, really <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> More like St. Handsome. So St. Handsome. I stand by it though.
1: St. Handsome basically came up with, uh, he like like jacked Avicenna's argument. Yeah, Blue Steel. Every, yeah, everyone fucking. St. Handsome. Yeah, St. Handsome. Everyone fucking keeps stealing from Av- Avicenna. Yeah. Um, St. Handsome came up with uh, his version of the ontological argument, which is basically like you, you know uh let's take god hypothetically you know we're not we haven't proved that his, he's existed yet but the way we define the concept of god it's he's a being uh like uh greater than which there can be no other being the, he's like the top being there's no other type of being or form of being that could exist that would be bigger than god or that entity would be god instead of the first thing we were considering. Does that make sense? Yes. God has to be the biggest thing. God has to be it's the most be necessary God. thing. It's gotta it to be God. It was
2: always God. It was it's always always God. been God.
1: So that's, that's the ontological argument according to Anselm. And it basically has to do with necessity, this idea of necessity versus contingency. There has to be some sort of necessary being in order for there to be any other kind of being. Um, and given that almost all the types of being that we encounter in the world, chairs, bodies, stars... Uh, you know, computers, fucking apples, refrigerators, wood, you know, wood, wood, whatever, even wood, even wood. Um, Whoa! Uh, all these things, you know, in the world that we encounter, they all come from somewhere, and then the things that they came from, those things had to have come from somewhere, and it has to end up at some thing. I'm like driving this, I'm I'm, I'm beating this like concept to death, but I'm trying to like really get across this idea of like necessary being has to exist for anything else to exist that's where the ontological argument comes from the cosmological argument is um very very similar but it has more to do directly with cause and effect um again something you know you take anything it has to have some sort of cause uh something that brought it about that cause is the effect of a prior cause that cause is an effect of an even more prior cause, and so on and so on and so f- so forth, up until you get to the the first mover or the prime mover is what Aristotle called it. This is the thing that started the whole domino effect the of big existence. Kuhuna. The bigun again, God. Okay, so there's that. And then uh, I'll um, oh, last thing with Avicenna is also he came up with this really weird <laughs> uh, thought experiment called the floating man, and <laughs> like it's and it's his argument or his David thought Blaine. experiment kind of, to, to prove the existence of the soul outside of the body. And it's basically like you take a man who's who's falling through a void or floating in a void, right? All he has is, his, there's nothing around him. All he ha- all he can see or, or perceive is his own body, right? Um, so imagine he closes his eyes. He like, you know, cups his ears, you know, uh, tries to dwell within himself and, uh, uh, you know, pull away all of the layers of perceptive and, and sensory ex- experience and just kind of like focus on the kernel of his of his self uh, in this void, you know, without any sort of sensory stimulation, he still has this idea of his own selfhood, of, of his own existence, um, even though there's no sort of physical or sensory input coming from anywhere. Um, the idea that he's still thinking about himself, this is very similar to uh Descartes uh Cogito Ergo Sum yeah I was gonna Uh, say I think therefore I am so even even fucking Avicenna came up with this before Descartes did yeah this idea of like obviously there has to be some uh like kernel of awareness to ourselves that exists beyond or separate or you know um uh not contingent upon our bodies so, like, you get a, get rid of, you know, our perception of our own bodies. You still have this, like, inner spark or whatever. And he says that's the soul. And that's his. That's taken as his proof of the soul. There's plenty of holes to poke through in that. Um, but it was one of the first arguments kind of brought up um, to to prove like the existence of a soul or like some sort of uh, um, transcendent sense of self.
2: And you agree with this.
1: I mean, in a way, I, I, I think I mean like I think there's more nuance to it. It's not that simple. Um, <coughs> but ultimately there is like we are our 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 own selfness, or our own sense of ourselves is housed sort of, I mean, it happens to be housed in this body, but it seems to be just past the scar our subject our subjective experience, our phenomenological experience. Seems to be just out of, just almost just out of reach of like our, of all of our like physical explanations of, you know, our body, our sensory inputs, our perceptions, our memories, imaginations, whatever. There's like, still seems to be this like bit of like emergent awareness that sits just right atop the physical realm. Or at least it's not fully explained by physical processes or natural science. Hmm. So I don't know. I mean, like that's sort of where I'm leaning. Um, but there's there's debates to be had on either side. Um, so there's that. That's the floating man um, uh, thought experiment from Avicenna or Ibn Sina. You said it wrong. What? The floating man. <laughs> okay, sorry. The floating man. There you go.
2: That's nice like to say it.
1: Okay. So uh, last. Uh, and we have a lot more to cover, so this is going to be That's the end of part one. That's going to be part one. two, baby. That's going to be part two. So I'm going to end it with this guy, Al Ghazali. And this guy is interesting. <laughs> what? Al Ghazali.
2: Al Ghazali?
1: Al Ghazali. Hi, uh, Hi, my name is Al Ghazali. Hi, my name is <laughs> Al Ghazali. How the hell are you? How the hell are you? Al Ghazali um, and sons. So this guy is interesting because he sort of arises as... Um, uh, a foil to these to almost all of these philosophers that I was talking about beforehand um, he is not a huge fan of Aristotelianism is this guy Muslim yeah he's Muslim. these guys are all Muslim
2: well, I know the other guys were
1: well this guy is also Muslim
2: well, oh con- hey, congrats um
1: but he uh he is um he is coming from a different approach his philosophical style is more is very much more critical of this intellectual uh you know, kind of academic, dry, analytical tradition of philosophy uh, in the Islamic world at the time, which is called uh, falsafah, um, which, you know, it's not hard to see that it's kind of like an Arabization of the word philosophy, falsafa, philosophy. Um, and that's like, yeah, this tradition of like analyzing uh, and intellectually exploring or speculating about, you know, Different categories, different concepts, ideas, how they relate to the dogmatic th- theology of Islam. Um, this guy Al Ghazali was a critic of it. He says that it's uh, it's leading leading them away from the uh, the true like essence of the teachings of Islam, uh, or at least the, the you know the religious aspect of it. So, in 1095, he has basically kind of like a spiritual slash mental breakdown, <laughs> like a nervous breakdown, and he uh, decides to abandon everything. He gives he was kind of like a well-to-do, like, he, he was accepting all these teaching positions and, like, had, like, all these gigs as a private tutor for, you know, wealthy families and, and you know, <coughs> uh, kings and sultans and people who were in charge uh, in the Middle Eastern world. Uh, so, he's, like, making a lot of money. And he, in 1095, he had this, like, spiritual crisis. He gave away all of his money, and he went on Hajj. That's one of the uh, mandatory things that you have to do in Islam. Or if you're Muslim, you have to, you know, make a pilgrimage to Mecca. Mecca, You got to go to Mecca at least once in your life. And go
2: to that, like, cube?
1: The cube, the Kaaba, yeah. Wow,
2: yeah, that cube is something else,
1: man. That thing has been there for forever. And, in like, the story of, like, you know, Islam, that that thing already existed. That thing is, like, dates back to before Islam. That was this building that, like... So no one knows exactly who built them in the Muslim tradition. it's attributed to Abraham and Ishmael uh, in the original like biblical story and then uh, in the Arab tradition as well or the Muslim tradition uh, remember Abraham uh, he was married to Sarah but Sarah was barren and couldn't give couldn't give him children so he had to sleep with his like hand servant or his handmaiden yeah. Hagar uh, and they had yeah uh, their son Sammy. Sammy, Sammy Hagar, yeah, no, uh, Ishmael. Um, that's where we get the name Ishmael. Ishmael was is, is is Abraham's first son by Hagar, and he is traditionally understood to be the uh, first ancestor to the Arab people. Yes, so Ishmael is like the father of all Arabs. Abraham and you know Isaac and Jacob, and then the twelve tribes of Israel. They're like the ancestors of the Jews, right? But you know. Uh, Legend has it, or whatever, um, that this guy Abraham had these two lineages, one Arab, one Jewish. <clears throat> um, and, you know, traditionally people say that, like, the the Kaaba, the, that cube in Mecca, was built by Abraham. Um,
2: but you're thinking that it's it's pre-that, it's even older.
1: It, it might be even older. I mean, like, if you're Muslim, you, it's sort of, like, part of the belief, you know? But that's sort of allegorical. Sure. You know, like, God didn't create the world in six days. He... He, I mean, you know, he invented the Big Bang, and then he let the Big Bang do the work. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? It's traditionally seen as being yeah, yeah. It's it's like the older thing. Anyway, yeah. Um, so that thing has been around, and Muhammad basically just said, "No, it was built by Abraham. It used to house these like pagan gods, uh, and not
2: anymore, Jack.
1: And, yeah, there's one time, to- one part, one story is the like new m- guy in town." M- Muhammad literally was like, "There's a new god in town," and he went into the Kaaba and he like started destroying all the idols that people had placed there, which mm. pissed everyone off. Yeah, he almost he was almost like murdered because of it. Um, Dang, dude! And he's like, "Yeah, we're not worshiping these idols anymore because we got we we got a guy already." Um, okay, so. You know, he goes on Hajj. This guy Al Ghazali. He goes on on Hajj. Oh my god! Uh, and then he kind of starts traveling everywhere. He just travels all over the Middle East. Um, he's writing. He's uh, he's he's mostly writing and like meditating. He joins a Sufi order and then he does a he 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 uh, contributes a big part of like um, systematizing like Sufism as a as a tradition, like as a as like a, a master student. Relationship, and then you have different schools of Sufism or different lodges, sort of the same way that, um, uh, same way that there are like uh, what's it called, monastic orders in the Christian world, the, the Sufis, the Sufis had something similar. <laughs> Hell yeah! But they call them lodges, uh, and so yeah, so he was sort of anti this dry, this cut and dry like analytical Aristotelianism. Uh, he was more he was more uh like amenable to uh like an intuitionist direct experience mystical uh, uh mystical like pursuit of knowledge where like you know yeah. you're sort of faced with like this ethereal um like grander than philo- than philosophical but like religious mystical like theological you know profound you know understanding like third eye opening type shit uh like a direct experience of like god's you know uh all-encompassing love and energy and coolness yeah um those people don't talk about (laughs) enough and how cool god is cool god's pretty cool i mean like he does a lot of cool shit (laughs) he does really cool shit
2: (laughs) jesus is way cool
1: it's just some it's just weird it's like you know like, I, th- I think it's possible, it's entirely possible to believe in God and, like, everything that science teaches together. I don't think that they, I personally don't think that they contradict. I think that they, they, they're not mutually exclusive. I think you can include both. But I like the idea that, like, if if that's true, God exists, but he, like, basically just wrote the rules of the physical universe and, like, just let them, let them go, let it play out. Let it play out. Um. So he's still the creator, but also, you know, we can explain things according to these, like... You know, universal laws. where
2: we're a Rube Goldberg device that creates itself. Sort as of. it goes on.
1: Yeah, but God made but someone the, had
2: to start it. Someone had to start it. Someone had that to like, wacky old thing.
1: Yeah, but
2: one of the necessary things. But it's funny Rube that like Goldberg device.
1: But it's funny that like God, this like transcendent being, where like concepts like measure and space, time, necessity, quality, quantity, these like really, really fucking basic abstract concepts are like, he's already beyond those. But at the same time, he's like, uh, light is going to travel at this exact speed. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere in the universe, it's going 300,000 miles per second. Any or, or kilometers per second. And it's like, well, why? That seems so arbitrary. Why would God do that? That seems like, well, that's the thing. It's like, a lot, I feel like a lot of atheists would say, well, that's sort of proof that there's no God because it's such an arbitrary, random, like pinpointed constant. Yeah. That it seems like it seems it seems so arbitrary that it's basically random. But I think a theist can easily counter well, remember, we're talking about God. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to make light that fast, then it is. So like it's one of those things where like I don't think it can be resolved in a way. You you have to choose to go one way or the other. You can mm. choose to be an atheist and go to hell, or you can choose yeah, to believe in God burn and burn forever. Or you can believe in God.
0: <laughs>
2: and go to heaven. And go to heaven. Yeah, if you're Catholic.
1: If you're Catholic,
2: <laughs> you guys know how it goes. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but um, okay. Last thing. Um, he also going from this his his all his already like distrust of of uh of this like Peripatetic school and Aristotelian reasoning and and analysis. Uh, he starts dabbling with the idea of skepticism and how like we you know we really don't know for sure. Again, anticipating another philosopher, David Hume he sort of anticipates this idea of like if you really think about it if you spend time really thinking about it you can't uh you can't conclusively prove that a certain cause leads to a certain effect you only believe that that cause causes that effect because you've seen the that that sequence of events of of that cause and that type of effect in the past you're using induction which necessarily is not a 100% 100% conclusive proof because you don't know if that law is going to hold up in the future. And then Hume uses the example of like, if you really think about it, you don't really know for a fact that the sun is going to rise tomorrow. We believe it is because it has never failed to rise every single day we've been alive and every single day that any any human has been alive. The sun has always you know, risen And and the, what's it called? Uh, risen, morning. morning. What is it? Where does it start? It starts in the east. Earth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. It's always done that in the history of humanity. But really, there is no one hundred percent like ironclad logical proof that it's going to do that tomorrow. We just expect it to because of habit. That's what I really he, hope it does. I hope it does too. <clears throat> um,
2: the last thought I, I have before I go to sleep at night is: I go, just one more day. That's all we need. Yeah. <laughs> all we need is one more day. I say that at the end of every Every, every day, night. yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's actually weird.
2: It's the only, it's in, I, you know, I, no one's ever thanked me for this, but it really is the only reason that uh, we keep going.
1: A little bit, is, is the expectation of tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and obviously, you know, there are people who know that they're, first of all, we all know that our deaths are inevitable, but- there are some of us whose death is more inevitable than others you know like there's like you know a terminal cancer patient who knows he's probably not going to see christmas but i expect myself to see christmas Unless I'm you, (laughs) and I die. No, no, and you don't, and you believe that there's only a fifteen percent chance of me seeing Christmas.
2: Yeah, you. Well, I think you'll probably see this Christmas, but next Christmas, buddy, I really don't know. You think this is gonna be my last Christmas? This is gonna be Ben's last (laughs) Christmas, guys. So everyone, uh, donate some money, uh, get him a nice gift. I'd like a PlayStation Five, please. Get Ben a PlayStation Five. He's gonna have uh, probably about six to seven months to enjoy it. So okay, help 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 a fella out with his last Christmas.
1: So this is the last thing um, we have. So Al Ghazali is basically. He's already critiquing this Aristotelian tradition that has been upheld by, you know, Avicenna and even Al-Farabi and Uh, Al-Kindi. So he's starting already with this, like, sort of this theory of intuitionism and our only way to truly know God and the universe and the order of things is through direct experience of not only our sensory experience, but our, like, spiritual experience and mystical experience. That leads to his skepticism and his idea of how you know there is no logic, there is no satisfying logical proof of cause and effect. Uh, You know, so he has some skepticism there, and then ultimately that skepticism finally leads to this very weird theory that he came up with called occasionalism, which basically you, you take the idea of like, well, there's no proof that there's cause and effect, really, but there's no proof. There's no ironclad proof that cause and effect holds to be true across the universe. This could all just be the luck of habit. So, you know, kind of, in a way, using Occam's razor, let's not postulate something that doesn't necessarily have to exist, this idea of cause and effect. So how do we explain the movement of time, the process of events, um, you know, uh, uh, how things, you know, uh, uh sprout, grow, bloom and then ultimately die only to be reborn again or whatever you know this like life and death cycle that we see uh, how do we explain the connection between all of those all of these instances if there is no such thing as cause and effect And he says, well luckily we've got an explanation again remember that guy we've been talking about this entire time? one guy God
2: oh right he
1: says basically this. There is no connection. There's no logical, necessary connection between one instant or one moment and the next. Instead, every single infinitesimal moment, instant of time is obliterated and then recreated a little bit down the line by God in every single moment. God's very existence imbues every single instance with its own order and existence, in a way where it looks like it's process, it's it's um developing or unrolling in a process over time, but really it's just moment after moment after moment after moment is, you know, is created out of nothing by God, you know, gets its moment of existence, and then it's obliterated only to give rise to the next moment. That's this idea of occasionalism, um, which is like that's, that's
2: kind of trippy.
1: Yeah. Right. And he says this is this is all there is. And and this it's this way of like this is there them this is this guy Al-Ghazali taking this very simple idea of like pure, uh like un, uncontested monotheism, that there is this one principle that controls everything. And like when I say everything, I mean everything. If if, if something that powerful, it's not a big stretch to imagine this. All-powerful being, constantly vigilant in creating the entire universe in one moment, obliterating it only to give rise to its twin, its virtual twin, the next moment. But then, you know, when that's when that's like smeared across the tapestry of time, it looks like it's an unrolling, constant progression or, or process. But really, it's just instant after after instant after instant is is you know. Made ex nihilo by God and then destroyed, and then the next moment's given, you know, gives rise to it or is given rise to or whatever is created by God, etc. Yeah, so that's occasionalism. <clears throat> and then this thing that I read just now before I, we started recording is. This has a really, really, really eerie connection to the idea of quantum physics, quantum mechanics. What? And the Copenhagen interpretation of the Schrodinger equation, which basically kind of says the same thing. That
2: fucking guy again? <laughs> so
1: this guy, this guy Al-Ghazali, almost in a very, very abstract sense. This is a bit of a stretch, but not too big of a stretch. Al-Ghazali, in some ways, sort of anticipated quantum physics back like in... Jeez. uh, When did he... In... uh? sometime in like the 1100s. So pre-World War I. Yes, (laughs) very much so. Technically. 800 years before World War I. Okay. Um, This guy kind of, because the, cop. so real quick, the Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics basically says that on the subatomic level, these like, uh, you know, the Schrodinger, the Schrodinger equation basically describes the wave function of like, uh, these subatomic entities like photons and electrons and quarks and all that shit um that that equation describes them in their wave form um but as soon as there is an observer like a human observer or even just like a recording device uh that measures the velocity of of a subatomic particle or the frequency of it or the position or like you know where it is in space uh turns into a particle instead of a wave, and it shows up where it shows up because of the observation of it. Uh, But the wave function described by Schrodinger actually says that this particle can exist simultaneously in these different states and different parts of space and different parts of time and at different frequencies at any given moment. But when it's observed, then it's, it's... basically pigeonholed into this one place at this one speed basically so it takes an observer to you know concretely pinpoint and in a way instantiate a particle in, in quantum mechanics so similarly by analogy every moment in time and every single and every by when I say a moment in time I'm including in that moment in time that the the entire configuration of physical objects, in space, at that moment of time, uh, it's basically God, all it takes is God to observe it for it to be in, in, uh, instantiated or come into existence. In other words,
2: so if God, for a moment, didn't stop observing us, if he we're done,
1: if he, yeah, if he stopped paying attention to this creation or existence as a whole, if he was, let's say, let's, I don't think it's, I don't think, okay. I don't think God can be distracted by definition, but let's, but let's say, say he got distracted, <laughs> then we're um, gone. Then we're gone. We okay. wouldn't feel a thing. We would just this be no, is out of horrifying. <laughs> so that's how important God is. And so this is why it was weird about Islam is like, you know, it seems like a simple theology at first, but they're like, let's think of the implications of this. We are <laughs> we're like putting in all of our chips on this guy because it is literally the most important, most powerful, most like primordial, a priori concept, you know, in existence. I mean, like, it, it almost doesn't make sense to say that because there is no existence at all without this thing, this guy, God. That's how monotheistic they are. <laughs> So when they say there's only one God And he's all powerful And he's all unique And there's nothing else like him They mean If you think there's only (laughs) one God And
2: that's it And he's the only thing that has any power in this world You might be a Muslim (laughs) You might be a monotheistic
1: So yeah So that's that's part one of Islamic theology That is really wild There's more There's more too It's gonna get even
2: trippier Well I look forward to it Yeah Well friends I look forward to you listening to the next episode please do it please 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 and also (laughs) please subscribe to our patreon if you want to have even more of these uh incohesive ramblings (laughs) of two uh uh,
1: yeah in a closet
2: in a closet hosted by two never was is (laughs) folks we, we appreciate you listening as always keep on thinking hard The truth sucks so bad. The (laughs) sea is a bastard.
1: Time is a son of a bitch. Most importantly, Ben,
2: if you're not Catholic, (laughs) you're going to hell. And here's Bonnie Prince Billy. Ah, there we go. That's nice. I am a cinematographer.
1: Oh, I've never heard that song. I love it. (laughs) I love it.
0: I am a cinematographer I am a cinematographer Oh, I am a cinematographer Oh, I am a cinematographer And I walked away from New York City And I walked away from everything that's good, and I walked away from everything that I lean on, only to find it's made of. Big old bear once. Oh, I was a big old bear once. Oh, I was a big old bear once. And I walked away from California. And I walked away from everything that shone. And I Thing had grown. Now I am a cinematographer. Oh, I am a cinematographer. Oh, I am a cinematographer. Oh. If you were alone, you could walk. A-